Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cocktail Conceit. Uh, my name is Adam Haskins. I'm a cocktail bartender here in Columbus, Ohio. That's not the order in which I usually do the intro. I should probably write this down eventually, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, anyway, The Cocktail Conceit. <laughs> it's a podcast with two best friends who are also bartenders, and they live in different states. And so one of us brings a piece of media that the other one hasn't experienced and uh, the other one has like a deeper history with, and we both consume that piece of media and then we talk about it. And at the end, we have to make a cocktail based on that piece of media because uh, that's the conceit. I'm Adam. Conceit. <laughs> and my name is Logan and I'm a cocktail bartender. You messed it all up, Adam. Oh, right? now, sure now it feels weird for me to say it. Now it feels weird. It's okay. I think if, if you listen this far, you probably get the gist. Although I do like us introducing ourselves each time. I think it feels good. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and one of our previous, this is the first episode after I've been editing a bunch of stuff. So I was re-listening to one and we said ingest media. And I still think that is the best way to phrase what we're doing. Yes. I... <laughs> because you also ingest booze. Well, I guess you imbibe. Uh, whatever. Uh, whatever. You, you take it into your body. Yeah, yeah. Take it in, and we we, prove, we put something That's out. That's what we're doing. Yeah, my <laughs> name's just, Logan. Just... I also bartend. We're bartenders. That's what we do, for the most part. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, Logan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Adam. How are you doing? I feel fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know what I did, but I I couldn't fall asleep last night because oh man because of drama and stuff. And then I must have slept in like a ball of anxiety. And so my neck and in between my shoulder blades is uh, like the worst, most painfully cramp that I've ever had. Also, like I'm kind of like a, a skinnier dude, but my shoulders are really broad. And yeah, so, I, but I sleep on my side. So unless I have like a big ass, really firm pillow to hold my head up, my, my shoulders are just like squished accordion or like flayed out like all night. So... Yeah, I woke up this morning and I couldn't move my head. So, oh geez, that's really bad. Yeah, I took a bunch yeah, of I mean, I... my partner like gave me like a neck rub and. Yeah. Aw, that's cute. Yeah, and I understand that though because I uh, I also tend to have I, I tend to carry all my stress on my shoulders. So <laughs> I figured out shoulders. precisely the the points of my body yeah. where I carry the stress, and it's oh yeah, no, mine's like constant because I'm very anxious all the time. Yeah, I've actually uh, I've been sleeping pretty well. I've actually gotten a weird sleep schedule because usually i'm kind of a night owl um but in the last several days i have gone to bed around nine or ten and i have woken up at like six or seven in the morning actually that's not true some mornings i woke up at like there's one morning i woke up at like four or five and instead of doing what i usually do which is it's way too early i'm gonna go back to sleep i was just like you know i'm just gonna start my day and I got up and I did things and I felt really productive all day. And then I was really tired by the time nine or 10 rolled around and I just went back to sleep. It was great. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's been me for the last couple of days. Um, what do you drink tonight, Adam? Uh, I am drinking a, uh, a mug of Earl Grey because oh, nice. I need it right nice. now. Uh, but then I that's have, uh, for once this is done, I have a smattering of fine whiskeys that I'm going to drink. Um, but I'm also mm. going to take a shot of this shit hey what's that amara oh you have oh shit uh adam is holding up to the screen so i should probably explain what i'm saying he has uh amaro di angostura which is the amaro 
made by the guys who make Angus Door Bitters. Yeah, and it's it's thirty five percent alcohol by volume, and it just it's just um, Angus Door Bitters, it, like that's the entire flavor profile. Um, nice, but like it's it's pleasant, just pleasant enough to drink. Even though like I can, yeah. I totally like taking shots of Angus Door Bitters, but also Straight like Angus Door Bitters, they are. Uh, Angostura is also like a rum house. They make a lot of like actual rum and like other spirits. Yeah, yeah. I was reading up about that at one point. But because they're out of, are they out of like Trinidad? Yes, that's why a yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a whiskey sour with half with an ounce of Angostura is a Trinidad sour. Yeah, but they are really pushing the. Uh, this bottle is just the Amaro version of Angostura bitters because even the cap they gave it the the yeah, yellow the plastic cap. cap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of really into that. I still think, like, I mean, it's, I know it's, like, the most classic and it's not original to have this opinion, but Angostura is just, like, the best kind of bitters. Yeah, it is. Like, like I've tried so many, like, it's, it's not that it's the best bitters I've ever had. It's just very consistent and works as a bitters and like, anything. It's never like the wrong choice. Exactly. If there's any cocktail where you're like, well, I should add a bitters to this just to give it some other kind of, like, component. Uh, just try throwing the Angostura in it. Like, you know, just give it a yeah. shot and see what it's like. And it's probably going to be at least fine. I've like, heard, it may not be the best choice, but it will never be bad. I've heard it described as a uh, bartender's ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of fucking it's, accurate. It's really right? fucking accurate, right? <laughs> that kind of makes me feel white. Really too white. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tonight, I am drinking... Um, a daiquiri, because I bought more rum from work today. Ooh, nice. Um, what all is in it? I, uh, so I did a, it's a three ounce, three ounces of rum. That's, that's a just, big daiquiri. I just, well, yeah, I just, I wanted to have more, I didn't want to have to make another one halfway through oh, this, okay. so I just wanted to, you know, make one big one, and it's kind of warm by now, so, you know, there's negatives to doing that. Um, but I did a three ounce, and <laughs> I did an ounce and a half of plantation overproof an ounce and a half of plantation pineapple nice and then i did ounce and a half of lime well not really i did an ounce of lime juice and then a half ounce of pineapple or acid corrected pineapple juice and you see my cat acting like Your a gremlin because he's acting like a fucking gremlin he, i've been i've been away all day i so i was at work all day today so and it's the first time i've done that in a while so he's probably just hyper as shit. I'm really excited you're home now. Okay, but oh you, yes. yeah, you've been doing the acid corrected pineapple juice for a while, huh? Yeah, yeah. So well I was I did the lime juice, so I'm trying to get rid of the limes that I have, and then I had the acid corrected pineapple juice, and I was like, I'll try a little bit of this because I also have the other key ingredient in this is the syrup that I made. Um, I bought a bunch of cherries uh, last month at the grocery store. Um, and I got a little overzealous on how many cherries I bought. And forgot that I'm one man, and one man can only eat so many cherries at a time before they start going bad. Um, so I bought like a whole bag of, um, I forget what they're called, uh, the, the bright red cherries. Um, they're like dark red. They have a name. Oh, like like Maraschino cherries? No, they're not Maraschino. Um, like beat them in the States pretty easily. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The other kind of cherries. So I ate all of those because I like those better. But I also bought a whole bag of uh, Rainier cherries, which are like the uh, red and yellow, like speckled ones. Um, and those started going bad because I didn't finish all of them because I didn't like them as much. So before they all went bad, what I did was I went through all of them 
I pick the pits out, and then I put them in a container with sugar and lemon peels to kind of make like a syrup oleosaccharum kind of deal. Ooh, okay. Um, so I just kind of like put those cherries in there with other pits and kind of muddled it and mixed sugar in to how much I figured would be enough to like pull more of the flavor out. And then I let it sit for like two days in my fridge. And then I uh, strained out all of the pulp and lemon peels and made like a Rainier cherry syrup out of it almost. How, how is the flavor um, on that syrup? Like how much flavor does that method pull out? It's not bad. Um, once I put it in the cocktail, like I can taste it in the syrup when it's by itself. In this cocktail, I can't really taste it very much because mm. that's the, the syrup I use. And I think it's partially because I've got like lime juice and pineapple juice and two kinds of rum. And yeah. I put some bitters and some orange flower water in here because that. So the, the method like I've, uh, I now use to like flavor syrups, uh, mm-hmm. which I've only used to made, make a lemon cordial so far, uh, but I use a sous vide because I have a sous vide. So everything is a sous vide problem. <laughs> yeah. I thought about trying some different, I just tried this cause I, I was making those oleosaccharums, uh, when I was making a bunch of punch, like, I don't know, like a month or so ago. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, this seems like a pretty, like that worked really well. Like that pulled out the citrus flavor really, really nicely. And it was literally just, hey, take some sugar and put it in some with peels and muddle it and then let it sit. And that worked fine. Hmm. So I did basically the same strategy and that the idea is the sugar will pull out moisture and flavor from the cherries. And it, it mostly worked. Like, I mean, it did. Oh, wait, I, ooh, made... I have a question. Did you put it in the fridge? I did, yes. Okay, so here's a tip I could I can give you from uh, the bar I work sure. at in Denver because we were making um, shrubs, but the first mm-hmm. step is basically making an oleosaccharin with oh, yeah. different stuff. So you want to like we used ginger and pineapple, but you want to mm-hmm. uh, take your fruit or whatever and an equal weight of sugar, and then like really just get like a potato masher and just like get all up in there. Oh, really good. Yeah, really yeah. give it give it it all. And then you want to let it sit out, like, just on a table for, like, mm. 24 hours and just mask yeah, so room temperature. That's what I did with uh, the citrus peels. I just wasn't certain if the fruit, like, just straight fruit pulp would stay good at room temperature like that, which I guess it probably would have been fine. The worst thing that could happen kinda like, is that it could yeah. start fermenting. But, and make booze. But it, yeah, like that's not a bad thing if you're making it yeah, for cocktails. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Well, you know, it is still cherry season, and I do need to go to the grocery store again because I'm starting to run low on some stuff. So I think next time I'm just going to buy some cherries and just start that. Like, I'm not even going to like wait for them to start going bad. I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to take a chunk of these cherries and I'm just going to make a syrup out of them. I will caution I'm you about uh, eating cherries, though, because mm-hmm. President Zachary Taylor died in 1850 from eating too many cherries yeah he was probably also like in really terrible health yeah yeah everyone didn't have teeth and like just pooped themselves to death all the time back then so honestly what actually probably happened is that because the water quality was off is that like on fourth july he walked around washington dc like like giving like speeches and being like i'm the president and ate nothing but cherries that day yeah that would probably fuck you and then he just uh washed it down with a bunch of iced milk Gross. Yeah, but the ice milk was just probably unpasteurized, and the ice that he used was probably just made out of poop. 
And so he probably just <laughs> died of dysentery a couple days later. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's probably pretty accurate. Wow, yeah. No, we take pasteurized stuff like way, way for granted. Yeah. That's like one of the one of the weird facts that I have learned is that uh spoiled milk is actually not bad for you. Yeah? Like you can literally drink spoiled milk because well, so as long as it was pasteurized. If it was pasteurized milk, even though it has spoiled, you can still drink it and it won't kill you. It won't, it won't make you kill sick. you. It won't kill you. Well, it won't make you sick mm. either, except for the fact that it tastes really gross. Oh. Okay. Well, you got to think like yogurt is literally just that. You just let it sit for longer. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so is cheese. So it's like, it's it's probably not good for you. Um, but it won't kill you. Yeah. Like it won't like make you violently ill, except for the fact that it tastes really gross. It tastes bad, but so does yeah, a lot of that's cheese. the reason why you throw up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that's a, that's a entire that's a thing about pasteurization is because you pasteurized it. There's no germs in there, so unless you introduce germs to it. So okay, so if you have an open thing of milk and it goes bad, yes, don't drink that. But if you just if you just had milk sitting in the fridge and you haven't like drank straight out of it. And it's expired and it spoils, like it goes sour. It's not bad. It's like it you can just still drink is it. Sour. It's just sour and it tastes gross. Like it's not. It's not technically like like you know. It doesn't have like mold on it. That's, and even if it had yeah. mold on it, technically that probably wouldn't hurt you that much. That's good information um, to have for when uh, yeah, it's just a solar flare. It's a really weird. And blows up all the transformers. Yeah, like I mean, really, just stop drinking milk and drink other stuff. Actually, yeah, really not stop good. drinking milk. That's probably the right choice. Yeah, that's. Let me rephrase this. Uh, the milk won't be any worse for you than it already was. <laughs> Let's say that. And that's I you know and you know honestly I really like dairy. I love cheese. I love ice cream. Um, but milk's kind of gross if you think about it because it's just fat water. You're just drinking fat You're water. Just, you are just drinking. You might as well just juice the chicken and then go to town on <laughs> Right? Yeah, it's just like mix some, you know, just take a stick of butter, put it in some water and just mix it together and drink that. Boom. That's might milk. As well. That's milk. That's basically what milk that's, is. That's milk. So You're drinking you know, butter like, water. That's exactly, why I have, you know, like uh, buttermilk. That's just a thing that exists. <laughs> exactly. So like, you know, drink milk if you want to, but really you should try to switch to like really? <laughs> oat milk or almond milk. You can, or... you can eat a stick of butter just straight up. You sure you, can. you can do that. <laughs> you can. And I mean, like, I do love cheese. I have to say, I love cheese. Once milk has been processed, I'm totally okay with eating it. Oh, I will say, but, like, just raw milk is. Gross. If you are somebody who has like a little bit of lactose intolerance, like if you're Asian or something, mm-hmm. like if you eat goat and sheep cheese, like it's way better on your gut. Like cow cheese yeah, like, is specifically specifically is oh. what really fucks people up who have like a little bit of lactose intolerance. Huh. I wonder if there's like different levels of lactose. Probably. You know, Adam, we've been talking for like 15 minutes. We haven't talked about the thing we're talking about. We sure haven't. You, you, should we get into I'm that? Okay with that. Uh, yeah, okay, let's, so that. let's stop thing, talking about milk and dairy. Yeah, the thing we are supposed to be talking about today is actually something that neither of us have experienced. Yeah, we uh, decided to pick something a little different. Uh, close to the beginning of the pandemic, Adam uh, brought up the fact that a website called Bar Smarts was giving off out one of their courses for free basically because of the quarantine and bartenders being basically laid off for the most part. Um, so we both signed up for that free trial and 
it took us until almost the end of our free trial to finish it, but we did finish yes, it. Yes, like it, and it's not because it was hard or it took a really long time. It's mostly because we're just really lazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's been a it's been a long like three months. It has three months, two months. I don't nine years. know anymore, man. Probably. It's probably been like yeah. nine years. But so yeah, like I do have a little um, information on on Bar Smarts. So Bar Smarts is like what it's called, and that's that's what the website is called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a sort of online uh, course that is made by a liquor company called Pruner Ricard. Uh, Pruner Ricard are the folks who own uh, Beefeater. Uh, they own Jameson Irish Whiskey. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. They're, they have like a lot. They have Absolute Vodka. That's one of theirs. Uh, they also are, make two absinths called Pruno and Ricard. Because originally there was like those two competing brands, and then they just merged, and now they still just make two absinths that taste really similar, but they're called Pruno Ricard. Mm. Seems like they should only make one of those if they taste really similar. Uh, but... You know what was weird? When I was living in New Zealand, uh, Pruno Ricard would import Ricard, but would not import uh, Pruno. That's weird. Right? And actually, the bar Maybe I worked they... at were, were the ones who got them to finally start importing Perno and, oh, uh, Redbreast Irish Whiskey. That's also one of theirs. We got oh, them nice. to finally start uh, importing those two brands uh, to New Zealand. Huh. Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize they owned all that stuff. Uh, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They're like, um, I wonder if I can find, I'm on their Wikipedia page, but I wonder if I can find... Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, oh brands yeah there's just a tab of brands on the Wikipedia page that I bet yes. will have their brands. Uh, My brands. Oh, they they own Avalor, which is um, oh, a, yeah really? A really good like single malt. Yeah, uh, Glenlivet. Oh shit, Glenlivet is also theirs. Chivas Regal is also theirs. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's valid. That's like cool. Redbreast, that's probably and Jameson. That's probably the only whiskeys that people would know of. Um, yeah, but vodka wise, they have Absolute, and then a bunch of like other uh, shit ass trash brands that I've never heard of. Fuel right. Vodka, how India? Oh, it's I don't India. like Absolute. I don't like Absolute that much. Well, Absolute's fine. Like it's Absolute's it's fine. okay. It's it, because it's not that expensive either. It's it's like a it's not even mid shelf. It's like mid ish. It's mid ish shelf. They've been trying to. That's their one. That's their like flagship yeah. vodka brand. So they've been trying to like upscale it, yeah. and then there's like. Uh, limited they've made like limited edition uh absolute releases where it's like absolute terroir where it's like all the uh wheat that we use to distill this absinthe came from one farm and it's like eh. i mean that's cool i guess you're putting limitations on yourself that like whiskey's already been doing for yeah ages. and also like the point of um, is so that you don't taste the terroir because you just distill yeah, the shit out of it idea. until it's rubbing alcohol yeah we had the only absolute that we carry at fidel's is uh absolute elix which is like their premium yeah version. i don't know i i don't know if i've even tried it it's just it's been there it's the only bottle we have and it's like we sure do have that bottle that sure is absolute oh shit they have bekarovka which is a really good amaro from uh from the czech republic and it tastes a lot like clove oh uh one thing you might know them is um uh, altos altos tequila yeah, I I've heard of that before. Yeah, um, I can't remember where though. Okay, so here's a weird thing with their tequila brand uh, in particular. Uh, Altos is only sold in the United States. 
That's weird. And if you look at a bottle of Altos, there'll be a little thing above it that says Olmeca Altos. Because Olmeca, Olmeca tequila is actually Pruno Ricard's like global tequila brand. Um, yeah. But it's like, it's like worse than Jose Cuervo. It's not good. They, but they sell that like around the world because no one outside of North America uh, mm-hmm. like as has a palate or like cares about tequila. That bums me it out. Tequila is like De- actually it's probably my favorite liquor. It's pretty close. Like I I do really like tequila. Whiskey is my favorite liquor. Like whiskey just has so much depth, but every time mm-hmm. I I say that, I always caveat it with, you know, whiskey is my favorite liquor, but I love drinking tequila. <laughs> yeah. I just like saying tequila is my lady because tequila is my lady. And, yeah, but that's why. So they know that, um, like, they don't even sell Olmeca in the United States, mm. except as the Altos version, which is their 100% agave, like yeah. actual good shit that isn't like uh, a mixtole that they cut with like grain alcohol. But that's like well, good. Olmeca is what they just like shit out all through the rest of the world because the rest of the world just puts it in a frozen margarita at a theme restaurant and that's the only thing they know about tequila i hate frozen margaritas so much i think we've talked about this in the podcast before i they're just the worst thing like frozen daiquiris are just as bad but frozen margaritas are just you you just take all the good things out of a margarita and you also just make it harder to drink (laughs) And it's like, it's basically why would what you, you do? Like, I know slushies are fun. Like, everyone knows slushies are fun. But everyone also knows they're inconvenient to drink. And it's like, you have you have this thing that's already, like, made that isn't inconvenient to drink. And then you turn it into a thing that is inconvenient to drink. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? It doesn't that? make any sense. It's extra steps. It, it doesn't make it any better. Usually, it's just an excuse so that you can just throw a bunch of weird shit and bad shit in it. Okay, and I, I realize where I know Altos from. It's because that's tequila they used in one of their uh, the cocktail, the margarita cocktail that they made. They did a video on. Yeah, yeah. Like all the, yeah. you'll see uh, as we go through the the courses and lessons in uh, Bar Smarts mm-hmm. that all the brands that they they name and say like are theirs. Are theirs. They did talk about Jameson a lot when they were talking about Irish whiskey. And I'm like, yeah. well, Jameson's like pretty good, but it's not. It's not, it's not that, it's good. Not that good. <laughs> they, well, they were like, "Yeah, Jameson is like the 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 name in Irish whiskey." And I'm like, "I mean, like it's the most well known one, but so That's... is Jose Cuervo for tequila." Yeah. So like and that would be that kind a... of like saying Jack Daniels is like the name in American whiskey, and it's like eh, you're not wrong. It's like Yine, but it's... yes and no. But it doesn't. That doesn't make it good. That just means that everyone knows what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those are different things. Yeah, like popularity does not equal like absolute yeah. quality. I will say my dad loves Jack Daniels. It oh is no, his yeah, like favorite. It's skin. it's so popular because it's like it's easy to drink because it's it's really like it's has like a very like small flavor and one of the bits mm. of that flavor is a bunch of maple from the Lincoln County process. Which, uh, you'll never hear me, like, really shit on a brand and say, like, oh, no one should ever drink this. Because, like, even Jameson, like, it's, it has a very, like, light, like, kind of thin flavor. Uh, But Mm -hmm. that that means it's really good 
for like like Jameson and Dry, like Jameson topped with ginger ale. Just put yeah. pour. I will say Jameson gingers are actually pretty good. Yeah, I do like Jameson ginger. Yeah, but uh, like I don't, you know, well, oh, oh, I was gonna say like you'll never hear me like say like oh like on, on a particular brand like oh no one should ever drink this because every brand has you know a palate and a use and a reason. Even Jose Cuervo, Ex- except for <laughs> except for Tennessee whiskey. Fuck Tennessee whiskey, because the Lincoln County process is bullshit, and it just you just take a good bourbon and then you make it bad. Why would you do that? Why would you take a like? It's like making a frozen margarita. Like, like why would you take something that is that is good and we know is good and just be like, you know what we should do? We should make this bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know like the oh but anyway oh but jose cuervo yeah there is absolutely a, mm-hmm. a reason for jose cuervo it's if you were at a college party and you want to make uh, a bunch of jungle juice in a like plastic container that was like not meant to hold liquid and probably is just full of like plastic filings that's the right, right time just... to <laughs> because i've uh, seen that done. bad yeah, I, I believe that. And I mean, I've had, I don't even know if, it's been a really long time since I've like, on purpose, drank a Jose Cuervo. It's been a while. Oh, wow. It's been a I long yeah, time. I can't remember the last time I on purpose drank Jose Cuervo. I mean, I've had worse tequila, which is I mean, I at this possible. point, I don't like even call stuff like Jose Cuervo and like Olmeca tequila. It's, it's yeah. um, mixed all yeah i mean that's true that's 100 yeah it would be like calling it's just not it would be like calling um like uh what's a what's a name i can't even think of a name but like an american like a like a bottom shelf american whiskey that is just american whiskey that's blended with like neutral grain spirit like they'd be like calling it bourbon it's like no i mean it is like from the same like source material and like from the same region but it that's not a bourbon what about, uh, let me see if I can think of a really cheap uh, whiskey from my liquor locker days. Uh, yeah. Calvert? Old Crow Calvert, uh, Yeah, Old Crow. Old Crow. Old Crow is a, oh man, Old Crow. Yeah. Because I was trying to think of Kentucky Tavern. I'm like, no, Kentucky Tavern is still technically a bourbon. Yeah. Uh, there's Kentucky Deluxe, but that's also, that's also still technically a yeah. bourbon. I mean, when you get um, into Kentucky, like, you can get pretty bad and still be bourbon. <laughs> yeah it's not that hard oh that's the other thing is like you can have there's a lot of really bad bourbons too so i mean like true. jack daniels is better than most of those uh but also jack daniels is like four times the price for yeah. like being only that's my main thing with jack daniels if jack daniels was a lot cheaper because like so like jim beam um is not good i think jim beam is just just not just not good i mean there's just um, not like the only thing but... i can describe jim beam whenever i drink it is like hmm this tastes like somebody watered down a bourbon which isn't yeah that's which isn't that's what it yeah, tastes like but it, it is technically 40 percent out of the bottle but it's like mm-hmm. this feels like it's a, a bourbon that had an ice cube melt in it and yeah. then got up to room temperature which yeah. like that is a a very light thin flavor which a lot of people like feel like it's a good way to introduce you to bourbon or if you don't if you only drink yes a, like yeah if you that. only drink a whiskey like at the christmas party once a year that's the whiskey that you're gonna drink neat 
I would probably still recommend like an Irish whiskey over that. Yeah, like maybe Jameson. It, yeah, I would do Jameson <laughs> over that. Because I think, regardless, Jameson is better than both Jack Daniels and Jim Beam, even though I really don't like Jameson that much. Um, but anyway, my point is is that if you look at the price difference between Jack Daniels and you look to Jim Beam, uh, Jim Beam is actually not that expensive. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. It's very cheap. And I would put them pretty much in the same category. Like maybe Jack Daniels is like maybe better. No, maybe maybe Jim Beam is a little bit better because it's a bourbon and not a, and because it's a bourbon yeah. that they didn't accidentally like drop and let run through a bunch of uh, like burned wood and and then just like <laughs> oh shit just scoop it back into the barrel no one will notice. So I, I give it a worse flavor. Yeah. So I give it to yeah. Jim Beam. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, they're neither of them have a lot of flavor like really yeah but i mean maybe the flavor jim beam has is it's still technically better. bourbon yeah technically yeah. anyway i can i've drank like jim beam neat when i like was in new zealand and like i went to like this mm-hmm. uh bar in a hostel and i was just hanging out and i was like what whiskeys do you guys have and they're like oh you're american well we got uh jim beam or jack daniels and i'm like this for me a shot of Jim Beam in a tumbler glass and I'll just slowly drink it because uh, I don't need to That's so like, sad, I'll, I'll, like I like to put I like to water down my whiskey a lot especially if I'm drinking like single malt scotch but Jim Beam yeah. no it's, yeah it's prepackaged they already they already got the water in there it is yeah it's meant to drink straight from the bottle it is it's you know honestly they're doing you a favor yeah like it's just it's more convenient by watering down your whiskey yeah. oh well I mean we can both agree though that Evan Williams Hunter Proof is still better than Oh yeah, All yeah. Of like the uh, like that Evan we Williams, mentioned so far. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just better and cheaper. <laughs> Seriously, like anyone, if you want like a cheap, good bourbon, just go buy Evan Williams Hundred Proof. We'll just go buy Evan Williams. Like Evan Williams, eighty yeah, percent yeah. is also well, like Evan Williams Black Label. It is also really good. Is like I think flavor. the White Label is just more bang for your buck. Oh, it is. Uh, so you should like if you have the option between the two, you should get the the White Label. Um, if you don't want something that hot, if you're just going to drink it straight with no mixing or whatever, um, sure. Get the 80 proof. It's fine. It's just as good. It's just 20 proof less. So you're getting less alcohol. So, I mean, you Your should choice. just get the <laughs> you, you can, you yeah. can just buy the white label and then just like pour 20% more water into it. So <laughs> exactly. And just have more booze to drink yeah. for the money that you spent. So, I mean, anyway, it's just. Go for it. It's way better. It's so much better than any of those big names that you can get. It's so so much better, and it's probably cheaper. Okay, we should than whatever uh, you've been buying. We should actually start talking about the thing we said we were going to start talking about like an hour ago. I mean, we are talking about booze. We are. It is. It is on. Which theme. is kind of the topic. Okay, it's kind so of the topic. okay, but let's get yeah, into bar it. Yeah, Bar Smarts. Like I said, it's done by Primo Card, which is a good brand. Like mm-hmm. it's one of the dis- like distributors that I actually really like and respect. Um, like as opposed to like uh diageo and uh you know like in this industry you probably shouldn't burn bridges uh but diageo is the one bridge i'll burn uh because uh, fuck diageo i don't know anything about diageo uh they are the uh umbrella company that's uh over bullet and uh the bullet mm. family uh disowned Ours. their gay daughter and are yeah I didn't and know are that. very staunchly like like doubling quadrupling octupling down on them being like no also if you're gay don't drink our whiskey because you're because fuck you so it's like oh boy that's that's man that's just so tactical. yeah that's just not okay to do in 2020 it wasn't yeah, okay to do like 
at any point, but Ever. it's really not okay to yeah. do that now. So yeah, no, sure isn't. Sure isn't. But well, okay. yeah, but Prune Ricard, I actually really respect as much as I can respect any like giant multinational corporation. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard to respect things that aren't people. Yeah, yeah. it is. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's one might say it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's pretty damn difficult. Uh, but yeah, um, anyway, so yeah. I put together this um, basically what amounts to like a like a college class in in mm-hmm. like spirits and bartending in a way, like cocktails. I would say it's like a it's like a half semester course. Yeah, it's like a like summer, a, like a solid like. Yeah, I guess. Well, not even a summer course. Summer courses are like still the same content, just expediated. This is like, like if I took this in college, I would expect to get like less credits than a normal. Yeah, class yeah, you'd before. get like one credit hour because you took yeah, yoga exactly. for half the semester. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's 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 what I would. But it, but it still has like not a lot of, lot of information. Right. Yeah. No, a lot of cool information, a lot of good information. Um, how do you want to go about this? Do you want to go module by module, or do you want to just talk about it as a whole? Uh, no, sure. Let's go module by module. So there's there's four modules, sure. and um, so the modules are like spirit basics, and then the second one is like spirits and liqueurs, like intense shit. Then the third model model is uh, cocktail history and bar essentials, and then the fourth one is like mm-hmm. like uh, like deep inside baseball, service management, and cocktail recipes. So it's really kind of broken up into into two. So you have one that's like introduction to spirits. Hardcore knowledge on spirits, introduction to bartending and bars and shit. Hardcore knowledge on bars and bartending and shit. Mm-hmm. So, Adam, I'm going to ask you a question before we go into any of these in more depth. Which one of these modules do you think was the worst for you personally to learn about? Like, which one did you least like doing? Uh, the, which oh, one did you think oh, was the most useless? Which one did I, the most useless? Definitely the module four. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that one was awful. It was so bad. Um, my main thing was I thought everything they had to say about service was just the most basic, mundane, stupid bullshit. Yeah, yeah. it's like what you would learn then, by watching a training video at Applebee's on your first day. Yes, that's exactly what that's. That's pretty much how I felt like about Colonel it. Like Ricard is is a liquor company. They don't run bars. Or no, I was like, you, I was like listening to these guys talk, and I'm like, you guys have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. And there's so okay. So here's the other thing: is there's I didn't learn any of their names because I didn't care enough. But there was like a bunch of different uh, people doing different modules or doing different videos throughout the process. So basically, the um, overall the whole course is, or all the modules are. A series of reading so you just look through pages on different topics of articles and then uh, some of them have accompanying videos and different people do different videos who work for them who basically teach classes in person and do lectures um, and I realized about halfway through that there were about half of the guys doing lectures who I actually respected their opinions and what they were trying to teach me and the other half, I was just watching the video, waiting for them to stop talking. <laughs> I actually like stopped watching the videos after like the first module. Really, yeah. I watched all of them, and that's probably why it, took me, it, it did take me a while to finish all that. I learned a lot from some of the videos. Uh, there was a couple of the guys though. Every time I saw one of them come on, I was like, "Not you again." Um, 
And most of them were like, I feel like it was module three and four. Most of the guys in those I didn't really care for as much. Yeah. It could be because of the topics. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, what was that being said, like, I really liked module one. I really liked module two. Yeah. And I actually, mm-hmm. I found module three really fascinating because it was like a bunch of history mm-hmm. about um, bars and bartending. I, I will agree on that. I think I want to say module one or two is probably my favorite. Like, it was the most interesting for me to, like, read and learn. Um Module three, I found pretty interesting. Uh, I liked it, and I think that's mostly because of the history. I did get a little. It did get a little. Um, it's a problem I have with some the way some people teach history, um, and it's that it gets very like name droppy. Yeah, where it's like, and in this decade, it was all about this guy and that guy and this guy. It was, it was and it's great. Like, man just, here's some. Yeah, and I don't like that. That's not a good way to teach history. Um, but the thing is that the first two modules were pretty not pretty much not like that at all because a lot of the history of like spirits and liquors in general um doesn't involve individuals that much or it's so long ago that we don't have a lot of information on individuals whereas once you get into like cocktail history a lot of it's more modern yeah and we do know a lot of the names we do know a lot of like what was going on at the time Uh, and i feel like you get a little in the weeds go ahead and yeah take my shot of amaro d'angostura uh, you should do that. Mm. I'm actually really jealous of you right now. Oh, it's so good. If I had enough Angostura bitters to take a shot with Oh, and this, this bottle is only like, it's like 20, it's less than 25 bucks. Really? Yeah. And it's... Where did, where did you get it? Just liquor store here in Ohio. Nice. Yeah. I, have, I haven't seen it anywhere. I might have to look around at my local liquor haunt and see if I, have... It was one of the like uh, better liquor stores around. Yeah. Like, who that has, like, somewhat, somewhat more kitschy stuff. Yeah. Or as much kitschy stuff as you can have in Ohio, because it's a control state. Uh, but anyway, That's yeah. So, weird. so, like, Module 1, I really liked. It was Spirits Basics. So this uh, is supposed to be teaching you about, like, like spirits. So, like, um, like high-proof things. Things that are, like, mm-hmm. you know, 40% or more, or like, even liqueurs that are, like, yeah. things that have been distilled. But, like, for the first, like module they kind of don't talk about that like for the first like uh half of it they just talk about like how to brew beer and stuff basically and mm-hmm. like the the history of alcohol and the human race which i found really yeah, like fermentation yeah actually that's that was probably my it was i, I honestly it was like the first part that i did too so maybe that has something to do with it um but it was uh it was the most interesting by far um and i learned the most probably from that I think every other section, it was like I was learning some things. Like it's definitely things I didn't, some things I didn't know. But everything I didn't know, there was probably like two or three things that they said that I'm like, yeah, I already knew that. Uh, whereas in Spirit Basics, it's like I don't know anything about how to make booze like actively, like the process. Yeah. Um, well, I, I know some things. That's not entirely true. But like they get really, really in depth on it, especially brewing beer. I found really interesting because I, I obviously I do like beer. I drink. I've been drinking less beer during quarantine um, by choice because I felt like I needed to not. Um, but um, in general, I do really like beer, and I'm very fascinated by the brewing process in general. Um, so I found that pretty interesting. You should, and then you also brew just some like, beer. I think I might give it a shot at some point. I don't really much drink like, like brewed like alcohol anymore, but mm-hmm. I did brew like 
several things of beer, a couple things of cider, and like a little bit of wine, just so that I could have that experience of doing that. And I started doing that like about a year ago. Yeah. And I definitely, I'm going to go back to it again. I'm, I want to brew more cider because I got oh, actually a really good cider recipe down, and I want to brew more wine because nice. I didn't, I didn't do it well enough the first time. And I have yeah, no it's, intention it's hard of buying a essential oils distilling rig off of Amazon and putting it on top of my stove and pouring my wine into it. I will never do that. Logan, I promise you, that will never happen. Right. So you're definitely going to do it, <laughs> is, what you're, is what you're telling me. Right. But yeah, I think uh, I think we're pretty much in agreement on that. I think Module 1 was probably my favorite, and Module 4 is probably my least favorite. And uh, honestly, their final exam was kind of a joke. The, the final um, exam, I do think, is kind of a joke, just because of um, but... my partner took like finished it before me and she was like hey uh in section four there are a couple like uh a couple like uh, articles you have to read and it's just a dude telling you how to make like these classic cocktails um, but all the recipes are fucking bananas so like yeah they're pretty not some of them were pretty much on spot a lot of them were just weird and i, I like they okay they made an aviation without mm-hmm. uh, violet liqueur, which I will concede, I guess, when you went, like, the original aviation wasn't made with violet liqueur, mm-hmm. but if someone walked into the cocktail bar I was, I was working at and asked for an aviation, and I handed them a, uh, a gin sour that didn't, that just had, like, maraschino as the sweetener, they would mm-hmm. be like, you, you made this wrong. Yeah, this isn't what I wanted, because yeah. that's not what everyone does when they make aviations. That's not what an aviation is anymore. No. And it's, I mean, to play devil's advocate, you could say the same thing about martinis, because martinis have gotten to the point where it's like, before I can make someone a martini, if someone comes into the bar and asks me for a martini, I then have to ask them five or six different questions to figure out what they actually want, mm-hmm. because martinis don't make sense anymore. Um, no, it's one word that they, describes like nine different drinks. It, it doesn't mean anything. No, anymore, it, because people use martinis to mean they're like, like you like a lemon drop martini is a martini, which I think honestly that's bullshit. That's not even close to a martini. So fuck off with yeah. that shit. Um, that's just a vodka sour, yeah. basically. Uh, so no, fuck off. It, stop calling them martinis. Call them lemon drops. That's fine. You call a lemon. Yeah, drop. yeah. But anytime someone's give me a lemon drop martini, I'm like. Okay, so here's like let's just stick with martinis and like this is how wildly they can they can be. My preferred martini. This is how you make my preferred martini. You take um, uh, either like a really good dry juniper gin, like one of the big three, or like an American gin that has like a lot of citrus forward notes, and you pour an ounce and a half of that into a stirring glass. Uh, You take in a dry vermouth, preferably like an off dry vermouth, like Dolan Blanc. And you pour an ounce and a half of that into a stirring glass. Then you stir those together on ice. You pour them into a coop. And then you express a uh, slice of lemon peel over the top. And then you throw that lemon peel into the glass and letting let the pit bitter up the drink. That yep. is my preferred martini. Now, I'm going to describe to you another drink. You take two ounces of Tito's vodka. You pour that into a stirring glass. You take uh, half an ounce of olive brine. You pour that into a stirring glass. You stir that, you pour that into a coupe, and you put an olive on a toothpick into that glass, and you hand it to somebody. 
somehow that's also a martini. <laughs> somehow. I don't, somehow I, and I don't are, understand how. Somehow those are similar in some way, and they're not none at of the all. Same, none of the ingredients are similar down to the garbage. Those are, those are, two, those are two different drinks. <laughs> Entirely different drinks. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a whole thing, um, and it kind of drives me crazy a little bit. I, I, I personally, I prefer gin martinis for sure. Yeah. I don't understand dirty martinis. I have found out in the process of bartending. Um, we do a thing at Fidel's where we ask someone how dirty they want their dirty martinis when they ask for them. Um, cause it does vary a lot because some people like them very, very dirty, but usually we go like on a scale of one to 10 or we'll be like, um, on a scale of uh, trash can to garbage truck, how dirty <laughs> do you want your dirty martini? Um, so, like, and I found in general, people like a lot of olive brine in their dirty martinis, like a lot. I was about to say, like, like an uncomfortable. If you amount. don't understand a dirty martini yet, which I didn't for a long time until I started working at Mouton and I tasted our house dirty martini, which yeah. um, was just a little bit of black pepper basil tincture. And then a lot of olive brine, and we poured two ounces of vodka, and then an entire ounce of that mixture into the glass. Mm-hmm. Like that is a dirty martini. Like if you don't understand yeah. dirty martini, like just go two ounces of vodka, one full ounce of mm-hmm. good quality olive brine, stir yeah. that, and then drink it, and you'll be like, "Oh wow, this tastes really good." Yeah. That's, I will say, like, I've, I've come a bit more onto the side. Like, like I understand why people like dirty martinis. Yeah, it's, it's salty, I it's savory. I personally don't like them. Um, because I prefer gin. I don't really like vodka in general. I think. Because, yeah. like, I can't think of a single vodka cocktail that I think is better because it has vodka in it. Mm-hmm. I think all almost every single cocktail that has vodka in it could be made better if you found the right liquor to replace vodka. Well, it's basically just like, um, it's like a daiquiri that you made with simple syrup, and the simple syrup was just um, white, like house, like table sugar, like white kitchen sugar, and water. Mm-hmm. And um, if you make simple syrup out of just like white kitchen sugar and water it becomes fully clear and basically has no taste other than sweet. Mm-hmm. And you can make a daiquiri with that and it tastes good. But mm-hmm. if you do anything to that uh, sweet component, you make a honey simple, you make an agave simple, you make uh, the simple out of like demerara sugar instead of that's brown and molassesy. Like mm-hmm. it's just going to taste better because there's more depth and complexity to it. Yeah, would agree would agree yeah and like that's yeah vodka like there is like a huge debate within like actually there's not a huge debate i'm pretty sure every craft cocktail bartender like to a a man agrees like we're gonna have one vodka drink on our menu and it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be sugary and fruity and then the vodka will be be also in the drink drink. yeah it's gonna be very easy it's gonna be one flavor it's not gonna be complex and it's going to be sweet. Mm. And it's going to be in a coupe. That's... And if possible, we're going to make it red or pink. Yeah. But that's because, like, man, anytime you're about to, like, make a cocktail, when you're like, I'm going to use, uh, I'll start with this, I'm going to use vodka. Like, as you're making the cocktail, you will eventually, like, make it, sip it, and come to the conclusion, like, hey, you know what would really make this drink? If we used uh, Beefeater instead. 
Yeah, you just use gin or even rum. Either is better. Yeah, like white, like than, plantation three star. Just use just use white rum. Like, it's just better than vodka. Yeah. It just is. Uh, yeah, in general, I prefer gin. My whole point is, I prefer gin martinis. In general, I will tell you. Uh, did I ever tell you that? Uh, I think I brought it up to in one of our group chats or something with our friends. Um, Polly Shore came to the restaurant that I work for at one point, and I know what kind of martini Polly Shore likes to drink. <laughs> you now know what kind of martini Polly Shore likes to drink. Yes, which I think is really funny, and it was actually a really weird experience because he came in and. So like most the most of the other servers that work at the restaurant are too young to know who Polly Shore is, <laughs> which made me feel really old. But also like I saw him, and like I saw him walk in, I saw him get sat. I'm like, I was like, man, he looks really familiar. And I was like, I went to the back, like into the kitchen or into the dish tank with one of the other servers. And I'm like, man, that guy looks really familiar. You know, he looks kind of like. Um, he kind of looks like a homeless Polly Shore, like an old homeless Polly Shore. And then she was like, who? Because she's like 20. Yeah. And then I was like, Polly Shore. And then I was like thinking about it. And I like, I looked up Polly Shore on my phone, like trying to find pictures of him. And I'm like talking to all the other people. I go up to the bar. I'm like, that's Polly Shore. Polly Shore is in a restaurant right now. That's Polly Shore. <laughs> and like my manager, who's like two years younger than, or no, she's three years younger than me. Uh, didn't know who Polly Shore was. <laughs> so it was me and like two of the other servers who were like actually old enough to know who he is. And we're just like all like, is is that Polly Shore? Are we sure that's Polly Shore? Because he had like this big curly beard. He looked like like he hadn't showered yet that day. He had like a, a handkerchief around his neck and, you know, had like 30 years to whatever movie I saw him out of last. Um, but anyway, point of the story is Polly Shore likes... Dirty gin martinis. Dirty that you do not see that often. Yeah, that's why I thought it was weird. Like he ordered a dirty, I think it was a dirty Hendrix martini. I want to say. I think it was Hendrix. But that's what he ordered. And I thought that was super weird. That is because I don't that is usually weird. see people I'm, it's usually dirty vodka and dry gin. Never dirty gin. But you know, at least he's drinking gin. Yeah. Also, Hendrix with like it's cucumbery. It's supposed to be like light and like a Pimm's cup. Like not. Yeah. It's specifically not like that briny, salty, savory. No. It's uh, no. Huh. I will say I have put in Hendrix in a uh, a Bloody Mary before that I like muddled some cucumber in, and it was actually really good. It was really really good. I see that. Also, fun fact: a uh, Bloody Mary that has gin instead of vodka is called a red snapper see i feel like it should just be called a bloody mary i don't know why i am dead sure that a bloody mary's started with gin instead that's possible yeah. i looked it up though it's called a red snapper Red snapper all right red snapper so it's, it's a really have you ever heard name. of a vampiro or a vampiro no, i haven't it's basically it's another like bloody mary-esque drink because it's like made with like tomato juice and like a bunch of other horse shit and um but it has oh, uh, horse shit yeah that yeah it's, it's not great but then it has uh, tequila <laughs> as the base spirit like like blanco oh, tequila that's better yeah 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 well bloody marias are just better than bloody marias yeah. again always like even like the vodka based drinks <laughs> are only improved when you add other white spirits 
No, you yeah, know, tequila, tequila, Bloody Marys are the best kinds of Bloody Marys. That's just a fact. Okay, let's. Okay, We're, sorry, yeah, I'm we keep getting distracted. distracted. We are talking about kind of. I don't know. All right, Cocktails. so then yeah, the first one, uh, the first module just talks about like goes through the history of booze and goes through the history of like civilization probably started because people wanted beer, and then like uh, there's supposition about how the first distilled spirit or the first brewed spirit was probably wine because. Uh, I know. Oh, the, the one fun fact I got out of module one that I really love is that uh, grapes want so badly to become wine that uh, grape juice, just like grape juice, didn't exist until literally Welch's grape juice because yeah, they had to. I, I, they, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, they couldn't. Like the reason why Welch's grape juice is so like a dominant of a brand is because. They were the first people in the history of history to figure out how to make grape juice that didn't just spontaneously turn into wine because grapes <laughs> want so badly to be wine that if you like, if you take a grape and you smush it in your fingers and you just sit there for a day and then you lick your fingers off, it's wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think that was really fucking funny. Um which makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about it because, I mean, uh, for a really long time, people... And the other thing that I found really interesting was... Um, and I kind of knew this already because I I read a lot of... Well, I read a lot of Game of Thrones or the Song of Ice and Fire series. Yeah. And what they drink often in that is uh, even the kids are drinking wine that has been watered down. Um, and I was wondering about that like while I was reading the books and I did some research on it and... I, they talk about it a little bit in this, and it's that the reason why is because adding booze to your water makes your water drinkable. Yes, which is... So it was like a really easy way to... You know, you're not doing it to get drunk, you're doing it to not get You're dysentery. doing it to sanitize the water, <laughs> which is what Zachary yeah. Taylor didn't do the day he ate all those cherries, because he's exactly. just like, give me some hot July milk. Oh, it's too hot? Put some frozen poop in it. No booze. Give me more cherries. And, and you know what? It killed me. I him. demand so more I, cherries. I am the president. The moral of that story is you should drink more booze. Yes. Oh, and then... In general. Cause... Also, another thing I, I found out of this module that um, I didn't really realize is how recent the history of distillation is. The history of booze, like brewing, is very old. Like... Mm-hmm. like lost to like lost to memory and time but like distilling yeah. like literally prehistory the distilling has only has been around for less than a thousand years anywhere mm-hmm. and like huh that makes me feel like boy there's a lot of stuff we can we still have yet to figure out about distilling isn't there oh for sure like in the for sure, like for sure. a couple hundred years in the future they're going to be like distilling dreams into like into like eyedroppers into, into yeah. booze that's possible i mean we just figured out how to make like powdered alcohol yeah like in the last like decade so like that's a whole thing i don't know if that's ever going to amount to anything but we can fucking do it now you know it's that's, like you can. Uh, that's everyone agrees that's that it's bad and not worth your time but it's, it's yeah. a thing you can do but you know what? Science did it anyway, because science does really. You know what? If you're wants. in the woods and all you can drink is poop water, if you sprinkle some powdered alcohol on it, it might be <laughs> slightly safer. It might be safer to drink. That's true. Okay, that's true. Module two. Uh, this is 
this is the wall, right? Module two was a lot to get through. That's a fact. That is the where it's just... we both like hit like a dead wall and like didn't pick it back up for yeah. like a month. Yeah, it was hard, and not not because it wasn't interesting, just because it is so much content. It's because literally, so if you look at, they have like um, uh, minute like estimations of how long it'll take you to do. Oh yeah. Oh hold on. Uh, the oh, first module, yeah, yeah is fifty three minutes. That's their estimation of how long it takes. You know, that's pretty reasonable. You know, you can get that knocked out pretty quick. Um, the second module is 119. Oh, not only that, though. Like, the second module is just a list of spirits. All right, here, I'm just going to read it off. You know what the, the sections of module two are? Gin, 15 minutes. Vodka, 9 minutes. Rum and Kinshasa, 15 minutes. Mezcal and tequila, 10 minutes. Whiskey, 41 minutes. Brandy, yep. 16 minutes. Liquors and aperitifs, 12 minutes. The rest of the, the world. The rest of the one world. Minute. One minute. Yeah, so that's <laughs> like, it's... so whiskey is literally half, almost, of this module. Yeah. Pretty damn and close. And whiskey specifically is the wall, is the hump that you have to get over in this, in this course. It was really hard for me, because I think, uh, and I mean, you know a lot about whiskey too, so like I, I work in a bourbon bar. So like reading through it, like I was learning some things, but it was mostly just me reading stuff I already knew. And that is really hard to get yeah. through when it's just like, like dry textbook information. It's like... You work in a bourbon bar. Uh, I have worked in multiple whiskey bars around the world. And uh, there are some things in here... Actually, no, I'm going to say I'm gonna go ahead and say no. No, I knew all the things in that, in that module. There's not anything I can specifically say, like mention off the top yeah, of my there's, head. I can't. But I probably learned at least one thing. I out probably of it. did, but there's nothing that I went like, oh, oh, oh. No, I wasn't like, oh, yeah. shit, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, yeah. Like, nothing that was mind blowing. Yeah. Nothing that was mind blowing. Um, I did learn, like, I, I knew what vermouths were. But it never really clicked in my head exactly where they were. I knew that they were like a product made from wine. Like they were a kind of fortified wine, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but I never really un understood that they added like specific herbs and stuff to them and like flavorings specifically. Like I guess I vaguely knew that was a thing, but I didn't really understand exactly what it was. That makes any sense. I had like a general idea of what vermouths were. So I learned a little bit from yeah. the course. I think the one that I... Learned the most from was the brandy section, actually. Yeah, because like I actually knew a decent amount about brandy. I did um, not know very much about brandy. In fact, like um, yeah. if you had asked me like a year ago what uh, category of booze was I lacking in information, I would have said rum. But I spent the last year specifically like drinking Learning and about a lot of rum because I I realized that my knowledge had always come from going to a bar, working there, and it being a bar that like focused on whiskey or it was a bar that focused on like uh like modern cocktails or it was a bar that focused on like it had like a bunch of different types of gin but i never worked at a bar that had like you know a bunch of rums and i didn't have access to a bunch of rums just to taste but over the last mm -hmm. year i got a really good uh job uh, before the plague and so i had had enough money on hand to just like go out and buy my own rums and then just like taste myself through a bunch of them and like i remember there was one bottle in particular i bought um rum jm which is a rum agricole like that 
kind that's like super funky pot stilled and made from mm-hmm. uh, cane sugarcane juice and uh, is basically just like Kinshasa but not made in Brazil. And mm-hmm. I bought I spent like 35 bucks on this bottle. And like the first time I sipped it, I was like, boy, fuck, did I make a mistake. But over the course of me needing to get through that bottle, and I would like do things like make split-based daiquiris with like a rum that I enjoyed and like an ounce of that. And eventually I just started making uh, caparenas with that rum agricole. And it quickly became like one of my favorite spirits. Like So from like the beginning of the bottle where I was like, fuck this to the end of the bottle i was like no i'm gonna be out of it and it was kind of expensive so i don't want to go buy anymore i think that's that, that show that's a good no thing. that's that that's is that that's is absolutely learning. my my path that i've taken Dealing on experience like every spirit that i've ever encountered like i remember mm-hmm. okay um do you remember one of the last things we drank together at ghost house before i left to go travel the world was somebody had given me a bottle of J and B scotch mm-hmm. and uh we both had never literally had any scotch because we were still really young working at a liquor store in, in, the, yeah. in southern indiana so we both took a shot of it and J and B J and B is uh not good it's not it's not no. what people go it's not what you order at a fancy restaurant it is no it, it is it's it yeah <laughs> it is technically scotch it is technically scotch but, like, uh, after that, I remember somebody gave me an entire bottle of Jameson as a going-away present, and uh, the last week I was in Evansville was the big uh, festival there, the fall festival, and the thing mm-hmm. to do in Evansville is to go there and get a bottle of apple cider and take a big swig out of it and then pour whiskey into the bottle and then walk around on the street um, just bootlegging uh, whiskey and apple yeah. cider. And so I said, well, yep. at least we have something to pour in cider. And then we drank that entire bottle of Jameson by pouring it into bottles of apple cider in that one week. We sure did. But then uh, four weeks after that, like to the day, I was bartending at a scotch bar. And when I mean scotch bar, I meant they have one bottle of tequila, one bottle of vodka, one bottle of rum, and then... 250 bottles of scotch oh my god that's crazy and so like i eventually Uh, learned to really like scotch and like right now i am drinking my favorite scotch which is kilhom and seneg uh that is a really which i i discovered there because i when i was there i just ended up drinking like a bunch of little bits of scotch and just it's like really, stuff, and yeah. to the point where, like, if you ask me, like, what is my favorite category of whiskey? Uh, before I I left uh, Evansville, I would have said bourbon, easy. But now it's if I had, if you like, like held my arm and like uh, really asked me, I would say scotch. Like, if you had to get rid of every yeah. other kind of whiskey and you could only have that, yeah. One yeah. If I had to go to a desert island and I only had one kind of whiskey that I could bring, it would be scotch. Mm-hmm. I would probably pick rye. I like rye whiskey a lot. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't always been a thing. I used to not like rye that much because it, it always seemed a little too spicy for my taste. Like back in liquor locker days, I would prefer a bourbon over a rye for mm-hmm. sure. But I think just like trying more rye whiskeys at, well, in the process of working at Fidel's, which is weird because we are a bourbon bar. We actually don't, we have a, we have a decent selection of rye. We have a really big selection of bourbon. And then we have 
a decent selection like scotch and then a very small selection of Irish whiskey. Um, but rye whiskey is definitely, it just, I don't know. I think it's because I like cocktails so much. I don't, I don't usually drink a lot of whiskey by itself. Like just in my spare time. Like I don't usually Actually, just sit with a dram of whiskey. I think the reason I like scotch so much is that American whiskey mm-hmm. like really does not shine when you just drink it on its own. No, that's, that's my thing is I like rye whiskey because it stands up really well in a cocktail. Whereas I don't think bourbon really does. Bourbon's fine. It, it can work better in some cocktails than uh, rye does, but in general, a rye whiskey, I think, will be better in mo- It's similarly how I feel like you could replace vodka with gin in a lot of stuff. It, yeah, it's just right, better. You could replace, yeah. Yeah, I think rye whiskey will be better than bourbon in most bourbon cocktails in general. But I also really like rye, so, you know. Oh, okay. Sorry, you froze there for a second. That's why I just... Oh, you did too. Oh. And you did with a really weird face. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> now we're... You're like... <laughs> you were like... And it was just, you were just stuck like that. <laughs> okay. You know, that's probably not the but, um... but yeah, so that that was the wall. That was the, the hardest module to yeah. get through. Um, I did oh, learn oh, well, I did some want to things. Say, you know what, you know what I think is the best way to drink bourbon? Uh, an old-fashioned... Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, think I, I don't think you can you can't use like you can use rye you can use like uh, like brandy you can use scotch you can use Irish whiskey and you can make those you can make an old fashioned with all those spirits but uh, it will just always be better if you use bourbon and I also think yeah. that uh, like that is also the only way in which bourbon is should be drank. Because it's, it's just, like, <laughs> it's, it's like that or a mint julep. I don't think that's a bad way to do it. Because a, a mint julep is... I don't like... A mint julep is just an old-fashioned like with mint instead of bitters. Yeah. If you, make it, if you make it correctly, it is just an old-fashioned build, and instead of putting bitters into it, you just you just put a bunch of fucking mint in there. Yeah. Which, that's, that's good. I do like old-fashions a lot. I've had some really bad old-fashions... I think the worst old fashioned I've ever had was when I went to Indy for uh, the Jameson Bartenders Ball. We were invited to and a bunch of bartenders. It wasn't like a, it wasn't a special event. It was Jameson invited a lot of bartenders. Yeah, that place was packed, like shoulder to shoulder. But they were giving out uh, free cocktails, co- cocktails in quotation mini quotation marks. Um, they were giving them out in little plastic cups, and they were doing uh, Jameson and Ginger, and Jameson Old Fashions, and there was another one, but I can't think of what it is right now. But anyway, those the other one was also. Did you bad, watch the, the bartender make your drink? Fashions. Yes. Did he did he take different bottles and put them in, or did he just like out of a pre batch? Uh, no, he poured Jameson, and then they did like two dashes of bitters, and then they. Plopped a cherry and an orange slice in there, and they gave it to oh, us. Oh, without any... On, on that's ice. not... That's not an old-fashioned. That's that's nope. Jameson with... That's Jameson and bitters. Yeah, and they may have put a little bit of simple syrup in it, but it was like... They literally just, like, pop, 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 just all in this, and they like, here's a little maraschino cherry, here's an orange slice, take this. And it was the worst old-fashioned I've ever had in my life. Okay, hold on. What is your old-fashioned build? Uh... I will tell you the old-fashioned build that we do at Fidel's, and then I would tell you how I would do an old-fashioned okay. build. At, 
at Fidel's, we do a spoonful of like a bar spoon of, um, uh, fuck what's it called sugar in the raw, which is basically just a, sh- like yeah, a sugar. unprocessed it's sugar. It's just a turbinado yeah. sugar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we do a spoonful of that. Uh, we do Woodford spice cherry bitters and then we take an orange peel and put it in the glass or your Yari if you're making more than one. Muddle all that. Add your whiskey. Add your ice. Stir. Until a majority of the sugar is dissolved. And you still have ice. And then that's it. And garnish with the uh, Luxardo cherry. And I think that's a pretty pretty damn good way to do yeah. it. Um, if I was making one for myself, um, probably wouldn't be muddling the the orange peel i probably wouldn't be using just straight like sugar like as like a like grain sugar like uh unprocessed i would do like a demerara syrup if i was going to like i would take that sugar in the raw and i'd make a syrup out of it and then i'd use that yeah with like my bitters and my whiskey or whatever and then I would just put it on ice. And I do probably a big cube rather than small cubes, which is what we tend to do. Um, and then I would just express an orange peel, twist it, and pop it in there with a Luxardo cherry. Um, but I would use Angostura bitters for sure, because I just think Angostura bitters are just yeah. better. Okay, so um, I don't know why you would fuck my, with My old-fashioned build, which like mm-hmm. I am actually very proud of this because I've had so many people like come to compliment the chef on this build. And I will, this is one of the drinks that I, like, have a bit of an ego about. And I will, like, put it up against anybody else's and be like, no, I'll, I'll make, I'll make you an old fashioned. I don't think, I don't think that about, like, my daiquiri. I like my daiquiri. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, like, like, go into a battle with my daiquiri. I like my margarita. Uh, I'm, I might go into battle with my margarita, but my old fashioned, like, I think is unassailable. So... I think I make a pretty damn good Manhattan. I think I make a pretty damn good margarita. Yeah. And other than that, most because if I'm going to give you a Manhattan, I'll give you a perfect Manhattan because perfect Manhattans are probably the best kind of Manhattan you'll have. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah. And also, I think the main thing is choosing the right kind of vermouth. Mm-hmm. Picking the right kind of vermouth and then picking a rye whiskey that will stand up well. You got to pick and the right kind of. You got to pair the vermouth things. and the whiskey really well, and like that pairing yeah. is really what makes a Manhattan. Okay, but. Well, the main thing is I think most people have most people have bad experience with Manhattans because wherever they go has really shitty vermouth or they don't store their vermouth properly and it's content. Yeah, I think that is I think that's the reason why a lot of people ask for a martini and they just want uh, vodka yeah. that's uh, watered down and cold. Yeah, I think that's exactly the reason. But anyway, you're, okay, so you're talking you're you're old fashioned. Old fashioned. Yeah. Uh, two ounces mm-hmm. of bourbon, uh, ten milliliters of simple syrup. That is made from either mm-hmm. like turbinado or demerara, some sort of like raw, mm-hmm. like sugar. Yeah, I think that's the better way to do uh, it. One dash of Angostura bitters, uh, two dashes mm-hmm. of orange bitters, either Regan's mm-hmm. or Angostura orange bitters, mm-hmm. and then you just you stir that over ice, and then you pour that into a tumbler on top of a big cube, and then you take a big ass fat peel of orange. And you express that over it real good, and you rub the oils on the rim, and then you take that orange peel and you uh-huh. throw it away. Yeah, really, and because you don't, because you huh. don't want that pith in there, like uh, slowly yeah, it bittering it, bitter. because the angostura yeah. and the orange bitters. And but here's why: that's what makes the 
orange bitter is such an integral component is because mm-hmm. uh, if I was if I was I had to put the orange slice in there, I would be like, all right, mm-hmm. one dash of Angostura bitters, one dash of orange bitters, put the orange slice in there, and it's not going to taste like just right until like seventy five percent of the way through the drink, and then like the other twenty five percent is going to taste too bitter because you can't control that. So like like yeah. just express the orange, throw it away, and then the orange bitters that are already in the drink are going to do the job of bringing the flavor of orange that flavor. and the bitterness. Yeah. And like, it makes sense. That recipe, like specifically the bitters component of that, like two dashes, one dash Angostura, two dashes of orange. Like I will put that old fashioned up against anybody's like, I'm going to like bar spoon of raw sugar and I'm going to muddle it with Peychaud's mm-hmm. and then like drop a, a grapefruit slice in there as the garnish or an American or cherry. Like mm-hmm. fuck all that. An old fashioned is yeah. simple, straightforward. It's uh, it's booze with sugar and bitters. Boom! But you got to get it mm-hmm. just right. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's a, I mean, it's a lot like um, like daiquiris are a very simple drink, and it's really easy to it's really easy to fuck that up by going too complex with it. Yeah. You have to get your ratios right, and if you do that, if you nail that right, and you are picking things that complement each other the proper way, it'll come out really good. And that's what you should be trying to do in general. But yeah, okay. So let's let's talk about module three, which it finally moves away from like just talking about spirits and stuff in general, and then it starts talking about bartending and like what you like what is done with spirits. And I found this Mm -hmm. super fucking fascinating. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, because like like we said, like the history of distilled, uh, like the history of distilled liquid is not super long. No. So like their first, just like the first little like four minute read starts in 700 BC, which is like the first time like maybe something got distilled, but probably not. And it goes to yeah. Well, they're they're talking about that as the first time. Uh, Different booze ingredients are mixed together. Oh yeah, yeah. What they're talking about not an actual distill. Yeah, yeah. Because they're talking about like when when was the first cocktail made? The first uh, the first drink that was made from different kinds of ingredients with booze being mixed together. Um, so it was kind of interesting. I will say their uh, their recipe for oleosaccharum was bullshit. I didn't like that oh, at really? all. <laughs> Yeah, because I've made oleosaccharum, and if you try to do what they tell you to do, it will not work out very well for you. Um, most because they, uh, they're telling you to do way too few of uh, citrus peels. I think they say, like, they said, like, one lemon or something to, like, so much sugar. And then, like, I was looking at my recipe, the one I used for it. And, um, no, it's, like, you can do a lot of citrus, and you should be doing a lot of citrus, because the idea is you want your... You want your sugar to pull out all that oil. So, like, you want to get to a good balance. So, like, you don't have to be adding yeah. other stuff to it if you don't have to. So, so like, I literally got my oleosaccharum to, like, like if I had enough peels, like, up to the appropriate amount of sugar, like, I wouldn't have to add any water, and it would be a liquid already, and all the sugar would be dissolved, and it would have absorbed all the oil. You, you can yeah. make that happen if you yeah. use your... Like recipe, like peels, muddle sugar, mm-hmm. let it sit for a day, but then you take that mm-hmm. bag and then you sous vide it for like four hours at like one thirty-five, 
that yeah. turns everything into liquid. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I will say, um, if anyone listening to this is like an aspiring craft cocktail bartender, like, yeah, listen to what Logan just said. Because mm-hmm. what you want to do when you are trying to take a flavor and put it into a drink is extract as much flavor as absolutely possible. Because as much out of as you in, can. in like cocktail making, it is it is always so hard if you're like, hmm, I want to get blueberry flavor into this gin drink. Whatever you do to get that blueberry flavor in, like try to get uh, as your raw component, you take your blueberries, try to pull out as much flavor as possible, whatever technique you use. Mm-hmm. Never like shy away from like, ooh, this is going to be too much blueberry. It won't. You can't. You, no. you cannot do it. And you can always pull it back. That's the other thing is I think yeah. it's, you can always make it like a fourth of an ounce if you have to. Because I, so I make a, at Fidel's we have a cocktail that has, uses a habanero syrup, an orange habanero syrup. And I've been making that for the past, like, well, I haven't made it anytime recently. But basically when I started learning how to make syrups, I started making it because it was really annoying to have anyone else make it for us because we had to wait for them to do it. And they didn't make it or they forgot to make it then we would be unable to make said cocktail because you needed that ingredient to make that cocktail. But when I made the syrups or the habanero syrup, I always make it as spicy as I could possibly make it. Like mm-hmm. very, very spicy because if I have to put like a fourth of an ounce of this habanero syrup in that, that's fine. But if that habanero syrup isn't spicy at all, like I don't want to be putting like, three or two ounces of a fucking habanero syrup in a drink just to get a spice in there. Like that's not good. They'll make it too sweet. It'll fuck up everything. I would much rather if I can get like that as concentrated as I possibly can. That's way better because there's other stuff I can do to add sweetness in there. But this is the only thing I have that is adding that spiciness. Yeah. Like, and so like, yeah. And it's also the only thing you have that's adding that habanero flavor as well. Like, exactly. You can't so you, just. You have to have that concentrate. Yeah. And so if you're if you're trying to make just it, like any flavoring component, just make it as as much as possible. That's where I hit on my personal recipe for ginger syrup, which is you have to have an expensive piece of equipment, which is called an emulsifying juicer. Uh, the brand that everyone knows is a RoboCoop. So some people just mm-hmm. refer to it generically as a RoboCoop. And you just, uh, you can just like take an orange and like feed it into it. And then it'll just go, and orange juice gets put out one side. And then just, just this dry pulp gets pushed out the other side. And so you, uh, you take ginger and you, uh, you just take a a rough, like a vegetable peeler and you pull off as much of that brown skin as you can. And you just throw that ginger root into the emulsifying juicer and it goes, and then some juice comes out. And then a bunch of pulp comes out the other side. And, like, don't be sad that you just, like, threw in, like, a pound of ginger root and you only got, like, a little bit of syrup because, boy, it only takes a little bit. So then you take that syrup, you take that juice, and you combine it equal parts with sugar, and then you have to put it in a blender because if you heat up this, like, ginger juice that you now have, if you heat it up at all, it... It cooks immediately and is and is just hot garbage. So you yeah huh. you just you have to put it in a blender and then use like uh, friction to uh, combine it with the sugar to turn it into a syrup 
and then literally just put a fourth of an ounce in a drink and it will be spicy. Like it will be like a whoa, uh, because the ginger is so potent. Like literally like eight, yeah. mil- eight uh, milliliters of this juice in like a daiquiri and it will be almost the only flavor you can taste. And like, that's what you want to go for. Yeah, you want it to be pretty intense. But yeah, that was, I think that was my biggest criticism. Of, that was like one of the things I noticed in this um, module. Everything else seemed pretty decent. Uh, the other criticism I had was, I think we talked about earlier, is it gets a little like name droppy. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like just talking about certain people like who are making cocktails at the time, who are famous for being bartenders and making cocktails. Yeah. And some of that was interesting. Like, I, I'm not saying that's, like, a terrible, terrible way to go about it. But I feel like that's the least interesting way to go about teaching cocktail history. Um, Is it teach about people or not the arts? I will say that yeah. one thing I thought was, like, super interesting and I didn't know was the history of, mm-hmm. like, American American bars. Like, American bartending. Yeah. And I didn't realize yeah, yeah. just how much Prohibition fucked up like the cocktail industry at the time just like literally the cocktail industry was like where it is today in like 1920 Mm -hmm. like like literally exactly 100 years ago is where like the craft cocktail scene was and then prohibition happened and then like craft cocktails didn't really come back until 1994 when milk and honey opened and so, and then it's just been like the past like twenty five years has just been rebuilding to like where people were at like a hundred well, years so ago. Well, even that, even that, you also have that like period in like the eighties where like everyone was too busy doing cocaine, yeah, to like care about drinking, yeah. <laughs> so like all they wanted was something, uh, something with booze in it mixed with yeah, juice. yeah, just That's like literally wanted. just put uh, vodka and grapefruit juice. And then yeah. put like a banana puree into it, and it's and it's the um, like licking a butthole on the beach cocktail. Yeah, sure. For some reason, like all That's the names exactly are like trash, like that. Yeah, they're all terrible. Uh, man, I think it's it's hard to say because so like they they talk about it a little bit with um, the prohibition era. Is a lot of cocktails were just trying to hide the booze because the booze that was in it was really bad because all the booze they had was like bathroom hooch basically um it's hard to say if that was a worse time for cocktails or if the 80s was a worse time for cocktails i think i'm a little biased because i have to personally deal with 80s cocktails still when people come into the bar and it's like hey can i get a liquid cocaine i'm like no no you can't because that's not a real cocktail and nobody knows what's in that drink. Yeah. It's it's just a Long Island Literally. iced tea that someone ba- made bad. It's just a worst Long Island iced tea, which is already a bad drink. Yeah, it's already a bad drink. But the other thing is, like, well, I, Long Islands are fine. They're fine. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's not a terrible, terrible drink. It's not good either. <laughs> but liquid coke, no, it's not good. But liquid cocaine's, it's not. It's not actually a cocktail. Mostly because if you. If you can't tell me what's in it, then I don't believe you that that's an actual drink. <laughs> so I've tried to look this up before because I have, I've had people come in asking for like liquid marijuanas, liquid cocaines. And I'm like, okay, well, let me try to look this up for you because I don't know how to make that because I've never made one before. And I asked them like, what's in it? And they're like, oh, I don't know. It just comes out like green or whatever. And I'm like, 
That doesn't fucking help. And I Google it. And when I Google it, what I get is six different recipes, none of which have more than one common ingredient. Yeah. So if there's no consensus, then it's not a real cocktail. It's just, here's a funny name to name this thing that I made. And then like six different people or a million different people tried to make a thing and name it all this one thing. It's not a real cocktail. I went to a college party where there was a, a large clear plastic like storage container. Something that you would put Christmas lights in and then put in your attic. But someone had taken yeah. that out and put it on the kitchen table and had poured, you know, a handle of Everclear and then like two bottles of sparkling Welch's grape juice and then like three cans of pineapple juice and then like cut up some strawberries but then like gave up and just threw the rest of the strawberries in into it. And then also somebody came to the party with one of those pre-mixed um, margaritas by Jose Cuervo and then also just poured that in there. And then, like, someone had a bottle of triple sec that they stole from their grandfather that was from the 70s, and they poured that in there. Like, that's what a liquid cocaine is. Also known as jungle <laughs> juice. <laughs> Except in shot form, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically. Basically. But I feel like my problem with the 80s is that, like, I still have to deal with people coming to the bar asking me for drinks like that. They came from the 80s. That are garbage. And the only one that I can I kind I do actually respect from that whole era is a Cosmo. Because Cosmos are actually good. Yeah, I re- it's actually I refuse to make Cosmos. I will make a Cosmopolitan. Really? Oh, that's I will fair. not make you that's a Cosmo. Fair. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's a it's a vodka um, margarita. A Cosmopolitan. With a shot of uh, what is called for cranberry juice, but it's just better if you use mm-hmm. pomegranate juice. Just Oh, they're from a pomegranate juice. Yeah, yeah. Just get a bottle of Plum Wonderful, and then if somebody calls for a Cosmopolitan, just make a vodka margarita, and then put put one ounce of uh, pomegranate juice in it. It's fantastic. You know, that'd make that even better, though, right? If it was tequila. (laughs) If it was tequila. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just take... Just like, I will say I made some gin cosmos before and yeah. they're actually really good. Okay, oh, but for so the, really just the take point vodka I was making about the American bars is that yeah, like before prohibition, like an American bar was like a thing around the world because an American bar was a bar that you went to to like it was the term that people used for a cocktail bar. And so that's why yeah. uh the American bar at the Savoy, the bar that has been like in the top five bars in the world for like the past five years is called mm-hmm. the American bar because it is the, mm. it is the last like big one that is, they just haven't changed the name because the Savoy had like everywhere had like the, the American bar. It was just the name for a fancy cocktail bar. Yeah. And so the Savoy just has never changed their name. It's the American bar at the Savoy in London. I do find that super interesting. Yeah. That this is the cocktails are almost like uh, it, it's an American tradition, basically. Yeah, like it's it's a thing that we made and then we lost, and then Europe was still keeping to do it, like still holding it up for a long time, and then now we're doing it again, which is really cool. I do like the fact that uh, like um, all of the the top fifty bars in the world, like it's a it's a list. Just Google top fifty bars, and you'll find this big list. Um, yeah, but like. 
almost there's like almost always there's a shit ton of bars in London and a shit ton of bars in New York. But all the ones in London are always like really hot there because they're like they execute really well on like classic cocktails. And all the ones in New York are the new American style and they're up there because they're like these people are making like crazy fucking shit out of like icy siphons and like liquid nitrogen and their form of service is really weird where like they're at a boy and they don't have menus and someone in a Hawaiian shirt just walks up to you and goes, what do you like to drink? And then you say like, I want something spicy, but with a light spirit and they go, okay. And they come back with this, like this drink. And like, that's, I do yeah, like the fact that the spot. Yeah. like all the, like the that's American, cool. like United States bars that are in the top 50 bars are there because they're mm. like, pushing the envelope and all of like the London style like bars are there because they are like executing really well the classics of cocktails. But it's like, I, yeah. I really do like the fact that America is like, has regained this, this thing that we made. It's sort of like the fact that people say like, Oh, there's no such thing as American cuisine because no food was invented in America. One thing, yeah. cocktails. That is the one thing. America, that is one piece of American cuisine that we have. And, you know, booze does have calories. It's, so you, if you, you think about it, and you do ingest it, <laughs> you do ingest yes. it. I think we figured it out. I think we crack we uh, we cracked that code, mm. Adam. One last thing I wanted to say about Multiple Three is that there is um, a section called Ice Basics, which is three minutes to read, mm-hmm. and a section called Ice Not So Basics, which is four minutes to read. And then uh, when I saw that, I laughed. I I was like, ha ha ha. Because I have read the book Liquid Intelligence, and there is a twenty, there are twenty-eight pages. There is a twenty-eight page section just about ice. And if you're if you crack open Liquid Intelligence, it's you're already past the basics. It is the like, it is the ultra inside baseball version of cocktail book. It is it is a textbook, mm-hmm. and so there are twenty-eight pages. Just on ice. And so when I saw, like, ice, ice basics, ice not so basics, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I, I've already read all 28 pages of liquid intelligence. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't need you to tell me about ice. Like, the three things that you the know about ice. The three things yeah. you know about ice. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. So, like, I, I do definitely feel like I, f- I picked up a lot of information from a lot of all this. Uh but I also didn't. I wasn't super impressed by any of the uh, the bartenders they had lecturing, um, or the bar experts or the liquor experts. The liquor experts I appreciated more. Yeah. Um, but the bartending experts, mm. I appreciated right. less because they were just like, "Let's okay. get to module four because I think that's the one that we both have a big bone to pick with." Yeah. Yeah, I think you're in the great. Because that's that. where they talk about like how to manage a bar and how to manage a restaurant, and it's like, oh no. Uh, but then they tell you like, um, like how to pre-batch a cocktail, and like a lot of their like mm-hmm. one of the things I I did take away from them is that um, yeah. booze and sugar uh, helps stabilize citrus. So if I'm going to mm-hmm. use it within 24 hours, it's okay to. Uh, fresh squeeze citrus into a cocktail and then use it within 24 hours so that's 
that is one trick I took from them. But I've only yeah, actually the uh, the batching and preparation section was actually probably the most useful of all of the stuff in this yeah, section. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I like that a lot. And then I mean, they had a section on uh, creating like like optimizing your bartending your space your stations i like that section a lot but it didn't tell me anything i didn't already know it just confirmed everything i already knew which is hey make your station so they don't suck to bartend at yeah like don't Um, don't build a a station for for beauty build it for function yeah and that is like that's the thing i know because i have worked for a really long time at fidel's which is the least efficiently organized bar that I that I'm sure ever has ever oh, existed. Like go work at every bar and you will say that about every bar because you know what? Every bar is built by an owner, not a bartender. Yeah, right. Hopefully we're going to change that soon. Mm-hmm. Um by the time we reopen, we'll see what happens. Um uh, but yeah, it's been a while. Actually the thing I think the thing that actually made that like for sure a thing that's gonna happen is that uh for New Year's we get shit slammed. Uh, because it was 2020 and we are a, a 20s themed bar kind of mm-hmm. sort of more or less so we were <laughs> just so busy and we had a live band which we do not do that's the first time we've ever done that you guys had a um, where they built a stage where yeah so you know that okay uh you know how the bar is set up yeah this is so inside, all right, um, so you've got the revolving door that you come yeah. in, and you come to the bar, and then the opposite corner, there's like a little section right there with some seats, like yeah. seats and stuff. They pulled all of that out, and they built the stage there. That is wild. Yes. It was actually really fucking cool, and the band was awesome. They were like a jazz band, and there was a guy with a saxophone, and they just played like covers and fucking rad jazz music it was super cool that does sound like it was awesome really fucking dope but it was also right next to the bar and the speakers were right oh, there no. and the bartenders couldn't hear any we could not hear a single fucking word anyone said all night <sighs> it was terrible um but we were really busy because first of all it was 2020 and we're 20 20s theme bars everyone wanted to go to the fucking uh 20s theme bar yeah but also our nearest competition competition the the nearest actual cocktail bar to us is Moe's house yeah which is not the same kind of bar as we are um but is like a uh, also a really nice cocktail bar and we share a lot of the same like overlap in clientele and they were closed why yeah right and they're literally like I don't know, like three blocks from us. I guess, two, I guess it makes sense blocks, that they're like closed on New Year's, away from New Year's Eve because they are the only fucking bar open on Christmas Day. They were open on Christmas Day, which we went to which, and it was actually... Yeah, which is like... The, a, they were shit yeah, it, too. It's like a bit that they do is that they're they're open on Christmas well, Day. The other reason... Uh, so they were not open, but they were not open because their uh, owner decided that they had been open on new year's last like three years and then instead she was going to take her entire staff to nashville so that they could all go celebrate new year's together actually really cool (laughs) so that's what they did um but anyway because they were closed we got fucked um and 
during this time. Uh, so we had our usual staff. Um, we had people on call, like our managers on call in case we needed help. Um, the restaurant downstairs also got shit slammed because it was New Year's. Um, so our, the GM who works down there, who would normally come up to help us if we needed extra help, couldn't do it. Uh, our Fidel's general manager, who also bartends at another location owned by the same person, couldn't come in because he works at like a fine dining restaurant and they were also really busy for New Year's. So he couldn't come in until later. So our old events coordinator, who doesn't work at a bar at all anymore, she works at a fucking barbecue joint that closes at like nine, had to come in oh, no. and help us. And then not not she came in and like, okay, like we gotta have extra help now. Like this is helping. We're we're kind of stabilizing. And we just stayed busy and we just kept getting busier. Like, it was not slowing down at all, and it was just getting worse. And then so the other two managers, when they got done with their jobs, came in and helped. Oh, no. And we were still just getting shit slammed, and it was just still just busy, and, like, it was not slowing down. And this was at, like, 10 or 11, and it wasn't even close to midnight yet. And the band was still playing, and, it, you know, everyone's no one's going to leave before midnight on fucking New Year's. Like, it's not going to happen because, you know, if you're at a place, you're going to stay at a place. Yeah. Um, so then our owner had to come in and was literally doing dishes behind our bar because we were that no fucking busy. Shit. Yes. And I have never seen him. Like I, he's come in and he's like looked around and like talked to people and like, you know, mingled during open hours. I have never seen him working behind the bar before ever. And him working behind our bar for like that literal hour afterwards, he was like, your guy's bar is set up stupid. Why is it set up like this? <laughs> because this doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he had anything to do with how it was set up. I don't think he, I think it was all jury rigged over time by a lot of different yeah. people, and no one ever stopped to be like, "Hmm, why are we doing this?" I think that's what it was. But he he was like behind our bar for an hour and was like, "Man, this is awful. You guys have to go to like six different places to get all your ingredients." And we're like, "Yeah, it's not great." It's really not great. And he's like, you guys, we should really fix that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we should. So hopefully that's going to, that, that's my very long story, but it was a wild time and I wanted to tell that story. And I also think it's really fucking funny that our fucking owner was behind our bar doing dishes. Oh, dude. It was so good, man. It was the worst. Like we were chronically short staffed the time for the time I was working there. And there were so yeah. many nights where our owner there were like at least half a dozen nights where our owner like had to get behind the bar or our owner's partner got behind the bar or one of our bar's close friends or their partner got behind the bar just to just to be glassy because that's like yeah. literally it's not, sometimes that's, that's all you need really like sometimes, sometimes you just yeah, need something need. to do glass work. like uh jill could run the well I could like juggle the floor because I've had a lot of experience doing that, mm-hmm. and but we just needed someone to clean glasses. We j- just got just we stand there, polish glassware. What is it? <laughs> I remember seeing a meme one time. It was from, uh, it was from that uh, that fucking cartoon Rick and Morty, uh, where mm-hmm. he makes that that butter robot, and the butter robot is like, what's yeah, yeah. my purpose? And he's like, oh, you pass the butter, and butter robot was like, oh god. And I just saw it on a <laughs> uh, a bartender subreddit where it's like mm-hmm. 
uh, new hire at a cocktail bar. What is my purpose? You polish glasses. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, sometimes that's just all you need for someone to it do. It really is. Like, it's literally... Like, we've thought about picking up, like, a bar back position just for people to just do shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like... Just keep us stocked, do prep, do glass Like, work. there was a really good word I found out for it overseas, and, like, they, they have a bar back, but then they're speaking of somebody whose, like, job it is to just, like, fucking handle the glass. It's a glassy. And it's like, we just <laughs> need you... We don't need you, need you to be a bar back. Like, don't worry about, like, restocking bottles or, like, Coca-Cola or something. You just, you are just a glassy. You're not a dishwasher, a glassy. <laughs> I mean, that totally makes sense to me. I will say, so like my, that was a really fucking crazy night for us. That's the craziest night I've ever had working there. Yeah. Um, there was a moment. Uh, so we were, it's like, you get so busy and like you're trying to keep up and you're trying to catch up and you're trying, and you're trying, and you're trying. And then eventually we got to a point where it was like so busy that I realized I had this like Zen moment where I was like, oh, there's no catch. <laughs> there's no, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way we can hit, there's no way we can serve all these people. I will keep making drinks as quickly as I can and they will get out as quickly as they can. And anyone who wants to be mad about it can look at the hundred plus people packed into our fucking bar right now and go fuck themselves <laughs> if they're going to be mad about it. It was literally that moment where I was like, oh, no. I can only make, there's literally only so fast I can make drinks. There are way too many people out there. We will never catch ticket up. Times, so all ticket I can times do, that don't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. All I can do is make drinks and keep making drinks and i may never catch up and we may have people who get shitty because their drink took 20 minutes but you know what look at this bar because it was literally like shoulder to shoulder in there yeah it was crazy i, I have never seen it before. i came to that we were probably violating fire safety oh for sure every, I every cocktail bar we that actually turns a profit guarantee like it. they have a fire safety number on their door and they just go <laughs> no it it was a it's a thing that i've realized before it's like there's no way like yeah the fire safety guys come in every once in a while and they're like yeah you need to change like this and this and this about how you your layout is set up like have an exit sign here or have an extra exit here or have a fire extinguisher here but they're not there on a weekend checking to see how many people you have no and to see if it's past, you'd say rock. Because they that's can't. the that's they the can't do that's it. the wink and nod. Because literally, if a fire marshal went out on a Friday night, they could literally go stop, start at one end of a pub district, and walk to every restaurant, and every single one to a man would be over their mm -hmm. fire code by like twenty five percent. Oh, for sure. Oh, but for sure. it's just sure, not sure. all the time. It's only for a few hours no, on no, weekends, no. and everyone just yeah. quietly winks and nods at each other and agrees. That's okay. Well, in general, as long as you have some safety measures in place, and in general, you're not like that constantly. Like it's probably see the thing fine. that I think would help is just probably. like having like two more fire extinguishers like at ready access for the because you know what if a fire breaks out at a busy cocktail bar but one of the bartenders goes and puts it out, people are just gonna go back to drinking their drinks. 
Probably yeah. so, yeah. Honestly, that guy probably just looks really You know cool what? Actually, that, so. I know that for a fact because <laughs> there was one Saturday, there was, no, it was a Friday, that um, at, at Mouton where uh, our help got sick and called off and then our owner um, was out of town until like 11 o'clock that night. And so it was just me and one of the bartender on a Friday night. And we did, we, we could not do that. Like that, you can't do that. Yeah, but when I heard that was going to happen, when I walked into the shift and my manager was like, okay, so just you and me, I like, I had that Zen moment where I was like, all right, cool, cool. The worst thing has happened. So my anxiety like left my body because my anxiety yep. is always telling me like the worst thing is going to happen. The worst thing is going to happen. Yep. So when the worst thing actually does happen, my anxiety like just clocks out for the day and goes home. And I feel so calm and good and serene. I was just like, oh, okay, this is, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be here. And then mm-hmm. eight hours from now, we're going to go home. And like, that's yeah. all, that's, that's the that's... entire way I think of it. But during that time, our our trash caught on fire because <laughs> we have we have a drink that's smoked and it's the most popular drink so like we have mm-hmm. to throw away the, like the hot embers and like keep, i had to keep like smoking one after another like back to back and so i was just throwing the hot embers in the trash can as fast as i could but we also had like a piece of like butcher paper from somebody who ordered a cheese plate like uh, like half an hour before that yeah. which caught on fire and so i was like running around like running through the floor and jillian was like uh, Adam, I need your help. And I was like, not now. I, I, I'm really busy. And she goes, no, I need your help now. And I turned to her and she's just standing there holding a trash can with smoke coming out of it while still shaking a cocktail in the other hand. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I just, I just ran over, like, uh, took a dirty shaker that was on the dish sink, scooped a bunch of sandy water, poured it into the trash can, which made the smoke really start coming out and i grabbed the trash oh yeah yeah and just tied it up real fast and then ran it to the back and threw the smoking trash bag into our mop sink <laughs> and like because oh i'm like listen our mop sink is is wet and covered and is surrounded by plastic i this trash bag can fully catch on fire but if it's in the mop sink it won't go anywhere else so <laughs> i just i grabbed fun. the trash bag tied it up threw it into the mop sink closed the door in the back and then got in like forgot about it like i was just like pretty sure it's fine if it if if, if the fire spreads i'll know about it in, in 15 minutes that's that's such parts in your life though <laughs> yeah. man that's so yeah that night was a no a literally trash the fire. Im- yeah, the image of a bartender literally holding a shaker in one hand and a flaming trash can in the other <laughs> is just that's being a bartender. Oh, it's so. Oh, it's that is so that is bartending. Oh, okay. That's just a well, fact. All right. We got way off of our topic, but I think the no, yeah, the last fine. bone. I think last thing I think we had to say about this was the uh, the final exam. Is you had to quote unquote build seven cocktails, uh, seven classic cocktails yeah. that they quote unquote taught you how to build in the last module. Yeah, they just wanted you to regurgitate. I, I so when I was looking at that exam, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." They're like trying to get me to like think of new cocktails. That's a really interesting idea. Like, get me to be creative, and that's cool. I don't know how you're going to test that um, without me having to submit like a big essay. Uh, but then it turned out to just be a multiple choice of, 
Hey, you remember those cocktails that we told you how to make earlier? Can you tell us exactly what are in all those things? And that's it. Yeah. And so like what me and my partner actually did was um, downloaded the text, which is the workbook, and just scrolled to the module that was like, here's how to build these cocktails. And just went through them one at a time because we both specifically um, did not want to commit these builds to memory because uh, they're yeah. the, not... Most the, most yeah, the they're not bad. the correct builds. They are not the builds that you want to actually be building at a cocktail bar. So we just like copied those and put them into the final test and got like 100%. So that's like, eh. Yeah, I also got 100% because I did the exact yeah. same thing. I just, yeah, I just pulled up the PDF. I mean, honestly, the only ones they like got like 100% right were uh, the really, really easy ones uh, like daiquiris and mm. mojitos, both of which were on my test, mm-hmm. by the way. So it was like, mm. this is... Yeah, yeah, the final exam is always the same seven cocktails in the, in the same order. Because my partner... Yeah, oh, it was my really? Okay, do it, cool. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's exactly my same uh, test. That's, man, that's lame. I was kind of they at least randomized nah. it. Like, they um, do randomize but, uh, a lot of the other tests. So um, yeah. after you get done with the module... They, yeah, I did notice the other tests yeah. were randomized. After you yeah. get done with modules, you can uh, hit the button that says practice test. And it just gives mm-hmm. you a 25-question test again but with mm-hmm. new questions and the module two, the one that talks all about like whiskey, gin, vodka, like that's the one that has the most questions in it. And so I took that one a couple times after I passed it just because I wanted that. I wanted to like, I wanted to test myself. Um, but the other mm-hmm. ones I've never gone back and like redone the test for fun. You know, honestly, I think I might do that. I think I might go back to, um, I don't really care about the service management and cocktail recipes one, uh, but the first three, I might go back and do them again and see if I can get a, a 25 out of 25. Actually, yeah. And just, like, see if you get myself. like a 100%. Yeah, I, I do like that. Yeah, and yeah. like, yeah, you have access. Now That's that you've good, completed yeah. it, you have access to it in perpetuity. Might as so well. you can do it anytime you want. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. Here's the big sure, question. Sure. How can yeah. we possibly make a cocktail based on this? Because it's... I did. It's I the entire no concept idea. of spirits and bartending. I was kind of thinking about that earlier. I'm not really sure. I don't. Uh, All right, hold on. Wait. Uh, I just have the uh, just brainwave. Mm-hmm. I all I've got is the name of the cocktail. Uh, yeah. The trash fire. That's pretty good. Because you know what? There should That's actually be a secret fifth module uh, for this, which is like, <laughs> hey, this just so you know. And it's like, yeah, just a picture of a bartender like holding a can of, like a, a trash can that's on fire and shaking a cocktail in the other hand and just being like, uh, like smiling, but also like very stressed out. So this is, I think this, okay, that, that brings up a really good point that I want to, I want to mention. I think the reason why that fourth module feels and fell like so flat for us um, is because of something I've thought about service and being a bartender for a while. Mm. And it's that one of the number one things that makes you good at doing it is being able to act well under pressure mm-hmm. and being able to accept when all things are going very badly and to not only be able to accept that, but then to keep being able to do your job despite all of that. Because that is bartending. Yeah. 
that is working in service and that things are going to go wrong. Like you can, you can do, there's a lot of things you should be doing to prevent that from happening. All the things that are preventable, you should be doing steps to make sure you're preventing that. But regardless, at some point, things are going to go bad. Things are going to break bad. It's going to happen. And the people that I have worked with that have not lasted in service are the people who don't know how to respond how to, to cope that with that appropriately. Yes. Because, you know, and I, I totally understand. I, 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 I'm not saying like those people are worse people. This just isn't the job for them because you need to be able to take that in stride or you need to cope at least. You need to at least be able to like put it in the back of your fucking head and just keep chugging because that's all you can really do sometimes. And there's some people who just can't do that and they will just freeze up and they will break down and they just can't. You know, I think. And that, that is, that is like the secret fifth module is that that's what bartending is. And that's what service is that you need to be able to handle really high stress situations in a moment. And if you can't do that on a regular basis, you're just not, you're just not going to be able to do it. Uh, Okay. So, and like you can get better at it. Like I definitely have not always been good at it. Yeah. Same. But it's just a thing you pick up. And if you can't pick it up, then you just probably should stop trying to bartend. Yeah. Go back to retail. Something like that. Yeah. Do something else. There's a thing I like to say where I call it, it's the magic trick. And the magic trick is uh, on a Friday or Saturday night. Uh, you're fully in the weeds and like you don't have any more coops for the most popular drink tonight. You're putting them into martini glasses, something like that. It's always the yeah, coops, it's always man. The coops. It's always the coops. But the, the coops. magic trick is that when somebody walks into the bar, somebody walks up to him and goes, Hey guys, how you doing? All right. My name's Adam. Guys, take a seat over there. We'll get you some menus. Be right back. And then as soon as you turn away from them, you like, bust into sweat and tears again but the magic (laughs) trick because like magic is all sleight of hand and like the thing is going on like the guy is putting the card in his pocket and pulling a thing out of his sleeve but the audience doesn't see that and Mm -hmm. when you're bartending the like the crowd has to look they're they're drinking their drink they're talking to their friends and every once in a while they're going to glance up at the bar and they're going to like glance over at their server and if it seems Mm -hmm. like you guys are all just like happy and cool and having a good time when in reality, like the trash can is on fire, but like the mm-hmm. guests don't realize that that's the magic trick. That's the, yeah. that's the sleight of hand that you use to be like, no, no, everything's great. And like, we're having a great time and you're having a great time. And so we should just all keep having a great time. You want another drink? Cool. I'll go get that. But in reality, like everything's fucking on fire. But it's like it you don't have to you don't have to make things not on fire. All you have to do no. is make the guest think that nothing is on fire. And so yeah. people who yeah, That's people who like try to run around and make and like put out the fire aren't doing it. All you have to do is no. learn how to pull the curtain in front of the fire. And so the fire's gonna go out. Yeah, yeah, the fire point. like the fire will not last. Like you like this 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 night. Out will end and so making like short-term like cost-benefit analysis and like doing things that like 
will only work in the short term is totally okay. Like when I took the, the flaming mm -hmm. bag of trash and I just threw it in the mop sink, I knew that would work. It wouldn't work forever, but it would work right then. Yeah. And that's all I needed it to do. Because again, three hours from that point, no one would be in the bar. I could walk back and like take care of that trash bag later. Yeah. yeah. And I think the fact that me and you have anxiety might also help us with that. I, yeah, I've thought about that before. That, that is a specific thought I've had and that I think being an anxious person in general, uh, both makes me more conscientious to people in service. Like it makes me think about all the things that could be going wrong in which lets me think about all the ways in which I can stop things from going mm -hmm. wrong. And then also I'm just used to dealing with being anxious all the time. So when it happens in the middle of service, yeah, you know what? Like not that different from my regular yeah, life. When you bro. see people who go from like zero to 60 and they're just like, fuck, yeah. Oh God. But when you go from 50 to 60, it's really not that bad. It's really not that yeah. bad. Is it? No, no. Yeah. I've definitely had that thought before. And I definitely think that there's probably, that's almost definitely a thing. I would love, honestly, like there's that, there's that little bit of sociologist in my brain because, uh, like, yeah. pulling the curtain back a little bit, I did study a lot of sociology. I have a bachelor's degree in sociology and philosophy that I don't fucking use because yeah. uh, I bartend. But the sociologist in me would love, love to find out the overlap of people with anxiety and people who work in service. Um, and I guarantee you that's not a working in service gives you anxiety i guarantee you it's a people who have anxiety are better at being at working yeah. in service and it's also like when you have anxiety like when you work in the service industry like mm. like i hate roller coasters i physically cannot go on them like it, it yeah gives, i don't it like roller coasters attacks. but when i, I like work them. a busy friday and like we're in the weeds it's it's thrilling in a way that i mm -hmm. think other people feel when they go on roller coasters I could see that. I could see that. I've never liked roller coasters. I've been on a roller coaster like once or twice and it just doesn't, it's not fun yeah, for no. me. It's mostly because the lines, the lines are always really long. Um, so it's a lot of anticipation to a big thing that I know I'm not going to really like. Yeah. So it's like just the worst. Whereas I, and I, I don't know if that's an actual thing. I feel like everyone loves roller coasters. Like everyone oh, else I talk to loves roller fucking coasters. roller coasters. So roller coasters are always the most popular place to go. And the lines are always long. Every, every fucking amusement park I've ever are, been to, roller coasters are really long. The lines are always really long. Whereas, like, you know, I really like uh, any ride that's spinning. spinning yeah, rides. I fucking love, like, like spinning, the, spinning teacups. I like all these rolls. There's, like, there's so uh, much fun. Uh, the scrambler. Because you're the dizzy fucking for... fucking scrambler. Yeah. Love the fucking yeah, scrambler. Exactly. Just all... Every one of those I've ever been on. Yeah, moving awesome. on the x-axis and only the x-axis, love it. You, the the yeah. big swings... At like Holiday World, where you just get on a swing and the thing just like yep. spins you in a circle, just a F big circle, fucking awesome, rad. They're super fun, and the best part is like you're just locked into a position and you're just moving. It's yeah. fine. And and there's but the other thing is there's no. Uh, I think the thing I like about that there's no. Um, so like roller coasters are all about uh, anticipation and uh, the unexpected drop, or the expected unexpected drop. I guess yeah. is really what it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's all about giving you a sensation that you don't think you're going to have or 
the anticipation up to a sensation you know you're going to have. Um, whereas spinning rides, you know exactly what you're going to get the entire time. And momentum can't change suddenly. Yeah. That's not how that yeah. works. <laughs> so you're always going to be doing That's, the yeah, same I thing. Fucking, okay, so like the thing I don't like about roller coasters so you know exactly what is that expect. I find like when I get like sit in a seat and like this big metal thing comes around me and like I'm just locked in this car mm-hmm. that's just like like just but going back and forth and going fast and going up and down, I find the lack yeah. of control disturbing. And it's it's like terrifying in a way that like I can't like mm-hmm. describe like it doesn't make me scream or like make me like scared it just like just yeah it just makes me like uncomfortable oh, yeah. it's like hey you got you're gonna wait in a line for a long time and then you're gonna go in a dark room and someone is gonna say the word spiders and then like run their fingers over your neck <laughs> and like if there, a spider isn't actually on your neck yeah. but it's gonna feel like there is one and then and then you leave sure is. and like it's like why would yeah. i want to do that doesn't sound no. like fun does it <laughs> anyway we've gotten way off topic I think that's yeah, okay. okay. I think this episode is just the episode we get off topic. Okay. I think that's what it is. Actually, no, I think I think this is all totally fine because it's conceit that we wanted to just sit and talk about cocktails and partitions. This is true. And this was this entire uh, episode was us not talking about like media or anything. It was just us talking about mm-hmm. bartending and spirits and mm-hmm. like s- stories from service and hospitality. Just pretty much what I expected about all of yeah. this, honestly. Um, so I think that's that's totally totally fine. I'm 100 percent happy mm-hmm. with this. Uh, but yeah, are we? We should we should try to make some kind of cocktail on this. Uh, so got a trash can, trash fire. can fire, or like but a magic trick, or roller coasters, or hospitality. Uh, my only, I have, I had one other idea very briefly just now, or actually earlier when we were talking about it, and that was that a. Uh, that 700 BC cocktail they were talking about. Oh yeah. Hold on, let me. And they have an idea. Let me go to that module. Uh, they said it. I have it pulled up. It is a. Uh, they served a mixture of wine, mead, which is fermented. It's honey yeah. wine, uh, and barley beer. And I wonder if there is a way to make a actual cocktail. Okay. Or like similar ingredients to that. Okay. I tried fooling around with this at one point. I was trying to make, well, that's something like this. Uh, we had a really heavy bourbon barrel-aged stout on our draft at one point, and it wasn't selling very well. So I had thought about trying to make a like dessert cocktail and then top it with that bourbon barrel stout because it's kind of like you're topping it with like a soda or like a seltzer. Like it gives it like a like a fizz, like a yeah. foam, a carbonation. So topping with like a barley beer on top of something else wouldn't be bad. Okay, well maybe. But all well, it names three ingredients, so maybe we just we try yeah. and use those three ingredients. But I'm thinking like wine. That mm-hmm. can either be like that can be like sweet vermouth, or it can be brandy, or it can be pisco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could definitely use like a port or, wine. Yeah, or it could be like a port, port or sherry. Um, mead. Mm-hmm. That could be actual mead, but it could also be like mm-hmm. honey syrup. Mm-hmm. And then barley beer. Any whiskey. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've got most of the ingredients for a Manhattan. If you do vermouth and you do. 
uh, whiskey. Yeah. And then you've got a honey water, which is a honey syrup. Yeah, like honey syrup, like honey simple. Uh, I feel like there needs to be something else there, though. I feel like that's going to be weird. Um, so maybe, I don't know. I feel like there's something there, though. I feel like there's something there. Yeah. What else? Barley beer. Bar- mm, like a beer kind. I've had barley wine before. Barley wine is barley intense. wine is intense. It's just it's good. I love yeah. it actually, but it's a lot. Uh, I'm okay. The other ideas I had were like maybe we could make a drink that only uses Pruner Ricard mm-hmm. like products, but like I think this yeah, is actually that's kind of interesting. More fun and more interesting. This seems more like a challenge. Yeah. All right. I feel like we have to have a good mix here, though, because if we try to... One of these ingredients definitely needs to stay the same to basically what it's saying. Um, and that's... The other thing is we use these three ingredients. We don't have to use only these three ingredients. This is true. This is just this is just our constraint that we have to use these three ingredients. Okay. And they should be key ingredients yeah, in yeah. this drink. We could we could put other stuff in this. So we don't even need to say, hey, let's turn wine into brandy or let's turn barley beer into whiskey. We could have all of those. We could have another main cocktail like uh, liquor ingredient. And then probably some kind of citrus? I don't know. Or at least some kind of shrub. I feel like you need some kind of acidity because this is going to be really sweet. If you're just, if you have wine and honey, like in, like, well, let's say, not mead, let's say that's going to be a honey simple. Like, yeah, like my my partner works at a meadery, but like not everyone else is going to have, and like they, ooh, also, um, we watched the store for a day, like uh, about a week ago during the pandemic. And so they just gave yeah. us a bottle of mead shine, which is uh, they brewed some mead and then they sent it to this distillery in San Francisco and they distilled it into mm-hmm. a spirit. And it's actually nice. really fucking good. That sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a distillate yeah. of honey and apple. So it's sort of like a, a Calvados or an Applejack, but also distilled with honey. That's and it's dope. like, it's like yeah. really fucking good. I actually really like mead a lot in general. Yeah. I used to think I liked ciders, and now I realize I don't really like ciders. I really like meads. Yeah, mead is, mead is actually pretty yeah. fucking good. Yeah. Have you been to uh, the New Day Meadery? In, in no, I've, I've never before? heard of that. You should go to that. So, uh, Allie and I went there when she was living there. I went to visit, uh, and it was really, really cool. Uh, they have one called uh, Breakfast Magpie, and it is a... Uh, I want to say it's blackberries. It's blackberries and it has notes of coffee. Oh. Um, but it is really distinct in that it's not like it's not like you get both those flavors at the same time. It's you get the taste of blackberries at like the forefront, and on the back end you get those coffee notes. Oh, so it's like you get so you literally taste you get like you taste one. Yeah, I other. really like it when somebody can pull that off. It's really cool. It, it like it's like really surprising. They were like, "Yeah, these are the notes you'll taste," and I was expecting like those combined together. I'm like, oh, "That sounds weird," 
and then I taste it. I'm like, yeah, because oh, you get that, you get like the sweet, you get that happy like sweet like berry flavor up front, but then you get the nice like deep rich coffee taste in the back. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And they actually they actually go really well because like that that blackberry flavor gets that almost like uh, that really like sweet wine or like port kind of flavor that you get like like the deep rich red fruit flavor you know what i'm talking about um and that goes really well with coffee flavors so you get that and as it's fading you get the coffee flavor so and then those just like mesh really well but they don't they don't uh, overpower each other you very distinctly get both flavors that's mm. really nice i would highly recommend but anyway they have really really good mead anyway mead is, is super interesting to me it's it's a really cool it's really really cool i think more people should get into I, it and yeah i agree because you can do a lot of different flavors do, with it like the meadery that my partner uh, works at like they have a bunch of different flavors and they're all very unique and like they're also like a music yeah. venue but all their cocktails have to include one of the meads and like sometimes that's that's good like there's a lot of good cocktails that come out of that but there's a lot of bad cocktails yeah. that come out of that yeah, oh yeah. for sure there's gotta be a lot of bad ones yeah anyway, yeah all right so got a honey simple we've got um some kind of wine i think i do think like a vermouth or a port wine vermouth, that's port or want. sherry yeah or a sherry could be really good too uh here's the question do we want to go with more of a like a sweet or do we want to go more of a dry i if we're gonna go dry i, I would a say a vermouth, like like a like a dry vermouth because yeah. vermouth just is better as a dry like a like a dome blanc or something mm-hmm. it's just my favorite dry vermouth I'm I'm tempted to go I'm tempted to go for more dry just because we're gonna have a honey simple. Yeah, I think you're right. So we I think those will balance out better, um, and then we're gonna have something pretty, probably pretty bitter, pretty savory with the barley beer. I can like, it um, says barley and like, like I can malty. only think of like some sort of like Scotch or Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Jameson. <laughs> those are made out of. That's yeah, what they're made out of. All barley. So that just makes sense. So I'm pretty okay with that. So we've got dry vermouth, honey simple, Jameson. What else can we put in this? We're using a dry vermouth, and so I'm gonna think we're not gonna put citrus in it. Yeah, I can see. We that. could put like Probably. bitters in it to balance back out the, the honey simple. Yeah. That could work. And should, should we just put Angostura bitters? I mean, we did talk about Angostura bitters a lot, yeah. I mean, it's it's classic. Yeah. I do really like Angostura bitters, yeah. All right, what about, yeah. okay, not Jameson, but one of the, whatever fancy Jameson they come out with this year, whether it's like IPA cask or cask mates or Jameson black or Jameson mm-hmm. coffee, like Jameson pretty much always releases a fancy jameson every year like a weird like so whatever the fancy jameson is for the year you're making it because this is also like sort of supposed to be like a historical Mm -hmm. drink but what if it's like a like a living document sort of historical drink a modern yeah like it it like it can't you can't make you're not supposed to make it into that like there's a new version every year because there's like a new fancy jameson every year i'm pretty into that and honestly that could make this drink very different depending on which jameson you use because yeah. like the difference between the jameson ipa edition and the jameson stout edition is a yeah. lot um and actually i kind of like them both but uh 
And I, yeah, that's really weird for me because actually I don't like regular Jameson very much. I tried both the IPA and the Stout Edition because we had them at the bar. They're both actually really, really good. Um, and basically the same price. They're like yeah, I'm like I actually enjoy Jameson when they do then they do funky stuff. They do some funky stuff and it's good. It's good. I think I tried their coffee one. It was okay. Yeah, you know what? You know what I impressed. dislike about Jim Beam when they do funky stuff. It's like Jim Beam, but pretend like it's Fireball. Or Jim Beam, yeah, but it's yeah. like a honey liqueur. They don't do like yeah. Jim Beam single barrel or something. But Jameson actually has like... I think they actually do that. There's a Jim Beam single yeah. barrel. <clears throat> but it's like... There's Jim Beam black barrel too, which is different than single barrel. Is it barrel proof? Yeah. But anyway, Jameson does like it all their funky stuff yeah. is always like, this is weird and off-putting. Fuck you. They do some really weird. They do some yeah. really weird stuff. I'll say that. I'll say that. Okay, so whatever Jameson of your choice, preferably of the current year, but pick something weird. I think that's all in quote or all in parentheses. Right. How how um, much of that? Um, I'm pretty okay with sticking to like a pretty typical Manhattan build with this. Uh, yeah. But just doing two ounces, like a two two ounces, one ounce of dry. I don't know how much to do the honey simple though. Say maybe you like maybe a half ounce. I would say like half ounce, half ounce. Almost. So okay, how do you make yeah. your honey simple? Um, I've never made honey. Okay, simple the the honey the honey honest. simple. If I was yeah. going to, I would do like half as much water as honey that I have. So my ratio is three parts honey, mm-hmm. one part water. Mm-hmm. So like seventy five percent honey. Twenty-five percent water, and that's that's just that enough to get it like to where it's you like can pour it out of a speed pour. That. But yeah. it's still, but it's like honey is already not like just straight sugar. It's already like a mm-hmm. like a combinant. So you really don't want to like I've I know a lot of people who do. You don't want to water. I know it a lot of people much. who do like yeah. one part honey, one part water, and it's like no, no, honey yeah. is not sugar. Like that would be. No, that no, is no. that is sweet water. What you just made right there, that is not a syrup. No, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing one to one like you would do it. Yeah, like so a my simple. my preferred ratio is three sense. parts honey, one part water. Yeah, and, and if we were doing that, I would say like half an ounce at most, if not a little less than. Okay, that. I think half ounce is pretty solid yeah. to do that, and then Angostura bitters, I would say at least a couple dashes. Like two, I usually for mine. Yeah, I would say two is pretty solid. I usually prefer my stuff heavier in bitters, but I'm just like that. Like, if I do Angostura dashes, I go at least three, like, heavy dashes. Like, I really get it. I, th- I find Angostura, like, uh, crazy overpowering. And, and remember, uh, it really doesn't. We are using a Jameson, so we got it. <laughs> it's true. It's not going to be that. It's not. Well, we're using, we are using a weird Jameson, Jameson, but it is still a Jameson, so it's not going to, it's not going to, like, true. punch you in the face. Yeah. I think this needs something else. I don't know what it is. It needs something. Um, yeah. It really needs something to kind of pop. Because so far, I think those those flavors together, I don't think this is going to be that great. Or it's not going to be that memorable. It's going to be pretty okay. Yeah. It needs something to really to really hammer that home, you know? Okay. Um, mm. 
Hmm. Half an ounce of Amaro. I could, yeah, I could see that doing a thing. I was thinking something to add a bit more of like a bitterness. Wait. Or... Not two dashes of Angostura bitters. We take half an ounce out of the whiskey and we put in half an ounce of Amaro de Angostura. Yes. 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 I'm It'd be an ounce and a half, 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 half. So you do an ounce and a half of Jameson yeah. and a half so that would, ounce. That would still be a, a two and a half uh, unchilled mm -hmm. drink. So like three ounces. So that, that could be served in a coupe. I'm pretty into I suddenly that. thought of like some sort of Amaro because I saw like in modern Turkey and like whatever I think of like Eastern European like distilled thing, all I can think mm. of is Amaro. That's fair. Even yeah, though Angster is from Trinidad. <laughs> yeah, it's semantics. Um, so you're saying uh, half of the dry vermouth, half of the honey simple, half of the Amaro? Okay. My only worry is the driver vermouth getting overpowered by it all of that. Probably will. But I don't know. I feel like it's not going to hold up. Probably not. Do we want to do something instead of driver vermouth? What could we possibly do? That is wine based. Something wine based. Um, you could go something heavier. Like if we use like a brandy or a pisco, like it's just going to add too much proof. I think. Yeah, I don't think that's the right call. I don't think making it a, a liquor, I think maybe some other kind of, uh, maybe some kind of sherry or maybe some kind of port. Um, we could do Fino Sherry because that will fucking hold up to that shit because Fino Sherry has a pronounced flavor. And it is, it's Fino, I've Fino Sherry is the dry version of Sherry. It is, it is white then and yes. it is just like a, yeah. Fino okay. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. I'm into the idea of that. For sure. Alright, how would we Yeah. How would we serve this? Are are we gonna are we gonna shake this or know. stir this? There's no citrus. So stir. Yeah. So there's yeah, I think a stir. I think this is a stir drink. Because um, I think it'll look nicer in general. I think we don't serve this with ice because this is based off of a, a recipe from 700 and like ice didn't exist. So. Yeah, didn't exist at all. So do we serve it warm? Do we even, do we stir it with ice? Ooh, whoa, room temperature drink. I don't even know. Do we add in, do we still add in water though? Is the other question. Room temperature water? Yeah. Like half an ounce of room temperature water? Mm -hmm. Or maybe like three-fourths ounce room temperature water. I guess there's a lot of play between like half and one ounce of room temperature water. I yeah. mean, half ounce would be like the lowest. I, mean, and like, I think half is... Yeah. I think yeah. half is... Half Once we is make this, we can, we can figure it out. Let's start with half, because we can yeah. always add more. And honestly, we might do the same thing we did with the pill jack and be like, no, this is probably still should be cold. Or should still yeah. have ice in it. Um, <laughs> Because it turns out ice, ice is just is really nice, good in drinks. Nice, nice good. 
Um, yeah, I think that, and then, I mean, if you wanted to go really historical, like, you could serve it in, like, a like a wooden mug. I was just going to say, we just serve it in a tumbler, not a coop. Yeah, that's fair. I'm thinking, like, 700 BC, they didn't have glass. They had, like, clay clay mugs and wooden mugs. Or stone mugs. They didn't so have... Just, just a mug. Sure. Yeah, actually, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, a mug is the modern-day equivalent of that. Yeah, serve it in a mug. You could, you could even make it like a, it doesn't need to be like a ceramic mug. You could make it a, uh, fuck, like a mule mug if you wanted to. Serve in a mug. That'd be fine. Garnish. Hmm. I feel like they didn't have any citrus. Because my first instinct was some kind of citrus peel. Because I feel like, uh, I feel like a lemon expression would really be nice on this but maybe orange but maybe not either of those um we're talking modern about day, like in turkey, modern day turkey not turkey king midas a nugget yeah. of pure gold it seems excessive <laughs> well adam let's just put gold for, yeah easy yeah it's perfect um now what about like um well pomegranates are middle eastern right uh, are they? Like, in that I, region? I do not I'm pretty know. sure. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Oh, you know what you can do? A... Uh, put a piece of um, Turkish Delight on a toothpick. Yeah, actually, I like that a lot. Turkish Delight's basically just like a candy. It's candied rose water, water, right? Yeah. Really? Huh. Yeah, actually, I like that a lot. That's good. That's good. That sounds really nice. Oh, you know, actually, the uh, uh, so the picture they have is of a batch cocktail. What do you mean? Oh, like in like a, a big, big bowl, bowl punch? Yeah. I mean, I also think that if you want to batch this and make it a punch, you can just upscale it to where you just do that. Yeah. To I'm where sure every to the ratio of this and like adding in water as part of the ratio is is like good because like a punch bowl should like be sitting out at a party, so it's not gonna. Yeah. So then I thought I, I had a thought just now. I don't know if this would actually be good or not. Um, to not just do water, but you could add some amount of saline to this, some amount of salt. I mean, in, in general, if you add like two or three drops of like saline, like 20% saline to any drink, it tastes slightly better because salt is just a flavor enhancer. So yeah. like if you make just a Manhattan and add like two drops of saline, It'll, it'll, it, the flavor will pop just a little bit. It'll just yeah. taste better. Yeah, I just think it's something salty. But that's just me. Because I could see salt also being like a really um, old, old, old ingredient. I mean, it's like the it's the it's the oldest seasoning. Yeah, basically. It is. Uh, so it's that could be drink. really interesting. Or it's the rock we eat. Yeah. Exactly. But I could see that being interesting in this. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that'll be good. I'd. Ha I think I'd have to try this, and then I would be able to yeah. decide if I would like. I'm gonna that or put not. two drops but saline. Could, question in, mark. Yeah, in my head, I feel like that might be good though. But yeah, I really like the idea. Yeah. And it of still feels serving very... at room temperature in a mug. Yeah, I do too. So okay, so what are we good. gonna call this drink? 
Oh, that's, that's a really good question. I mean, we can call it King Midas. Um, but even it said like at, when the people were served that the drink was already ancient. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, hmm. We could call it. Uh, we could just call it BC. Oh, uh, we maybe, should call it. Maybe that stands well, for something else. We should call else. it booze in a cup. Yeah, yeah. Booze and a cup. Cup. And then booze and cup are, are capitalized, but yeah. Booze and a cup. It's BC. BC. Yep, I like that. That's good. That's good. That's pretty solid. So booze and a cup to make. It's ounce and a half of that year's fancy Jameson, half an ounce mm. of Fino Sherry, half an ounce of honey syrup, three to one, Half an ounce of Amaro di Angostura, half an ounce of room temperature water, two drops of saline. Stir, stir. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like stir it. to combine. Not over ice. Serve in a mug. Garnish with a mm. piece of Turkish delight on a pick. Mm. I'm into that. That feels good. That feels really good. That might be one of the weirder ones we've made so far, I think. Oh, did I tell you that I I, I tried the alien number one? Yeah, you text me. You yeah, it's not like good. It, uh, but you didn't you didn't you didn't elaborate on uh, why it's not good like because it. it tastes bad. Uh, probably shouldn't it, put a whole taste? fucking egg in it. But it's a flip, Adam. You said that's totally it a is. thing. It is. It is totally, totally a thing. Good. But like maybe egg whites, maybe maybe not one full <laughs> ounce of blackstrap rum, maybe. Maybe like half an ounce black sharp rum, half an ounce of. But Adam, the whole point is it needs to come out black. Well, it comes out like a a a dirty river brown. (laughs) Well, then I think we fucked up somewhere. Well, it comes out like all the booze together was black, and then I added the egg, the whole damn egg, and then it came out a dirty river brown. (laughs) That didn't work out. What if you just did only the egg white? Did only just only the egg white? That would probably improve the drink. Okay, maybe that's the solution. Maybe the solution is just make yeah. it an egg white instead, and that would just make it foamy. It wouldn't yeah. add any. Also, maybe change the sweetener be to dry vermouth, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I don't remember why we did. I don't remember why we did dry vermouth in that or sweet vermouth in that well, one. Well, we wanted it dark. I haven't listened to it recently. But, maybe, so. but, white, but white vermouth yeah. would not. Would, yeah. The white vermouth. Uh, but I do out. like yeah. the uh, double shake serve in a wet tumbler with a sphere of ice. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah, that's perfect. Presentation, perfect. I will say, yeah. Uh, taste, uh, bad. <laughs> like, I drank the whole thing. I drank it fast because it was bad. It was bad. But I did drink it. <laughs> you know, it's really funny about that. I, I've, uh, so I've done the editing for both that episode, the Alien episode, and the retrospective episode where we redid all the cocktails. And both times, you were very excited to try that drink. And in the retrospective, you're even like, I think that might be the one I would like the most. <laughs> you specifically said that multiple, multiple times. Because here I'm like, the pillow jacket was pretty good. And you're like, I don't know, man, that sounds really bad. Um, and you still need to try the pillow jacket. I do really want to try the pillow jacket. I, I do think that you're going to like I, you it. You must make that I am, for me when I come to Evansville. I was, I was so surprised how much I liked it. 
so okay so hey you said you it edited the wrestlemania episode the tlc number two why did i want us to butter wash the tequila um fuck you had a reason um i can't remember i'm just gonna have though. to listen to that it's so. um it's because everyone's really oily maybe everyone's, everyone's oiled up. up i think that's why maybe yeah Everyone looks everyone like they're does, greasy. Everyone, does, everyone in WrestleMania 17 yeah. is very greasy. I think that's we why. You should probably wash it sure with olive oil then, though. Probably, yeah. I don't know why. You, you're the one but who said actually, that. It was totally your idea. Actually, if we wash it with olive oil, idea. that would give it a very like savory, olivey taste. But butter is just like a very rich, fatty taste. Yeah, you know what? Let's stick with the yeah, butter. Yeah, I think that's what you wanted, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the idea, because it was a TLC, so it was tequila, lime and cherry sure, yeah yeah and you're the one who suggested the cherry uh liqueur that we used in that yes the cherry herring yeah and then eight yeah, the eight herring. mil eight mil like quarter ounce of pixie stick simple that was also your idea which i stand behind and then the garnish is a chaser of baja behind. blast which i also stand behind yes that was also also your yes. idea. <laughs> okay well just we've been recording for like over way over two hours but yeah this is actually longer episodes, longer but it was, it was pretty fun we went off on a lot of tangents no, so yeah that was yeah. fun um, good episode. i had fun i actually had a, a whole heck of a lot of fun um yeah because we need to just evolved into uh talking about uh like stories from the bar and stuff which mm-hmm. i enjoyed and booze be yeah. like, so I mean, I think that seems like a pretty good episode to me. Yeah. So does not bother I me. I am uh, though super excited about next week um, because you like again, like I'm really excited for this. I've heard of this, but Logan, you said you've watched this like like four or five times uh, already, and it's uh, Olala Couple, a 2012 South Korean romantic comedy gender bender television series. And I know we haven't done a television series yet, but it, it seems really interesting. Yeah, I'm just really into uh, Korean. Yeah, yeah, video. and like specifically um, like... It really speaks to me. Like tr- like transgender Korean South Korean media from like the early 20-teens is like one of your... Yeah, I know I one of your big, hop, like big passions. It is, it really is. It's it just no one has really tackled the yeah. subjects and, as well since then as the Koreans did in and I really movie. like the the box art yeah. for this one season long ep, like TV series which is a man in a in a wedding dress and a woman in a in a pink suit and they're just standing there like uh-oh like the odd couple Adam don't you judge that show it ended well before no, you're right you're right i haven't seen it yet so i i should i should hold off my judgment so yeah please join us next week Look. when we discuss olala couple a 2012 south korean romantic comedy all i'm saying is if you're mad about firefly ending after one season you're going to be even more upset that this ended oh, after oh one okay I'm, oh yeah, i'm very excited for it now all right thank you for tuning in see you next week
Hey, I'm Adam. And I'm Logan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Adam1Z4J2. And you can find me at Redenfield, R-E-D-D-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. And if you just want to get in touch with us like directly just for the podcast, you can go ahead and email us at Overly horny Boston bus driver at gmail.com. Logan, how do, you, how do you spell that? Okay, I'm not spelling that, but it is overly horny Boston bus driver, all one word, no spaces, no caps at gmail.com. Pretty easy to figure out. Looking, looking forward to your emails, everybody. Sure are. <laughs>